Welcome to episode 42 of the Cowcast. We're not dead, it's Shop Talk. I'm Eric. I am still alive, and I'm James. <laughs> We're not dead, we've just been busy. Very busy. So it's been two months since our last episode. There were a few things that happened in between, and uh, we figured, you know what, time to get back on the horse. Uh, probably sounds a little different when you're listening for a couple reasons. Number one, there could be different background noises, like the train going by instead of the sirens and the Harley Davidsons well, roaring. There, you may still hear both. but Well, true, but more likely to hear trains now. Uh, and secondly, maybe a little bit echoey. I'm going to try and work on this over the next few recordings, but we're in our new store. Yeah, you might also hear uh, fast food speakers oh, yeah. as well, yeah. which really seem to permeate the second floor. There's uh, Arby's right next door to us, and late at night we tend to get a lot of uh, a lot of yelling outside of the uh, yeah yelling from cars into the uh, to the speaker of yeah. the Arby's order menu, but. So yeah, so James, how have you been the last couple months? I have been great. Um, I'm finally, well, I was going to say I, I finally feel like things are getting back to normal, but they're really not. It's, kinda, it's a new normal. It is It, it is a, t- a totally new normal, and it's weird because there were, well, we don't, I mean, you and I are both really uh, along the same lines where we just don't, we're always doing something, we're always working, we don't really take, I mean, you... Much to our wife's taken, chagrin. Yeah, you've taken... <laughs> A lot more trips than I have, but that's because you enjoy going on trips. I really don't. You don't. Uh, my ideal But vacation, I'm oddly enough still working on those trips. I know. <laughs> well, I would say my ideal vacation is like not leaving the house, except the problem is if I'm stuck at the house, I'm still working. Yeah. So uh, anyways, we, we got to the point where like there was all this stuff going on during, before, during, and right after the move where I wanted to do stuff and I wanted, you know, wanted to go out and see friends that I hadn't seen for a while or. Uh, take my wife out to dinner, or, uh, just go out and see some family I haven't seen for a while. And I said, you know, I'll do it after after we have the grand reopening and things settle down. And then we had the grand reopening, and then a week later I said, okay, I'll do this stuff after, you know, next month when things settle down. And I start noticing that things are not settling down, and they're not going to settle down, which is right. a great problem to have. But it's weird because we've had to acclimate ourselves to we kind of thought there would be a slow build to hit. We're not, we're not saying like we've, you know, all of a sudden doubled sales or anything, but we had an idea in mind of the certain numbers that we wanted to hit within maybe say the first six months. And we ended up hitting them immediately, which I'm not going to complain about. No, no, but we wanted to have a, we wanted to have sort of a launch pad uh, to give ourselves a little bit of leeway to to work up to it, but all of a sudden it's like we just got thrown right in the yep. in the mixer, and and that's a, a totally great problem to have. Yep. Uh, but what it sort of led to is us having to all the ways that we used to do everything um, regarding the store at, at the old location. We've we've had to change, or we will have to change because they're just not going to work anymore location is much bigger uh the store is three and a half times the square footage of the old location meaning we used to be able to stand in one corner and and for instance process our diamond order or process uh a new collection that came in and we could keep an eye on everything keep an eye on the register keep an eye on the front door keep an eye on 
The kids looking at the, trades and back issues. Yeah, keep an eye on the gaming tables. Well, now the gaming tables are upstairs. Okay, well, we have cameras, and we have a... It's not a completely separated second floor. It's a loft, yep. so we can even look up and see a lot of what's going on. And we do have cameras that are up here as well, but it's it's not the same thing as just kind of looking up and seeing 10 feet away what the kids yep. at the gaming tables are doing. Um, we have a we have another side room where we have our... Our, all of our video games, and they're in a locked case, which is why they're in there, so we don't necessarily have to worry about theft. Um, we also have some gaming tables in there, kind of overflow gaming. Um, and, and, and for those that either can't or don't want to come upstairs, we've got some people that have some knee problems. and Yeah, we have some dis- some gamers couple, with yeah, disabilities. And, disabilities. Um, and that's so that, you know, if they show up, then they have... We can see... Uh, we can seat between 14 and 18 people in that downstairs room. And it has um, a patio attached to it, which yeah, now that the weather's nicer, we've got some people that have asked if they could take a table outside and play Yeah, the and that's going to happen actually this, well, tomorrow I for think the first D&D, time. yeah, yep. they were talking about going out there. But all that to say a lot, you know, if, if we're doing, if we're over by the register, now we can't see all the stuff that we used to see. And we're not able, if we're at a table processing uh, our diamond order or processing a collection, now we're not over at the register. We can't see the register. We can't see the gaming tables. Little things like that, kind of little logistics problems have popped up where things get put off. We can't process this collection right now while we're open, or at least we can't process it the way that we used to. So now it's going to have to wait until after we close, before we open, or when we get a second staff member in. But what does that mean then? If we get a second staff member in, that means that we've got to do additional staffing. You know, there's more hours going into into manpower, which isn't a bad thing if you have more income, which right. which we do right now. But it's just, it's been a lot of, um, especially processing our diamond orders, there's been a lot of, of new, um, new patterns that we've found and just ways that we've had to adjust to doing it in, in, in a way that, we used to get everything done in maybe two hours at the most. Well, now we find it's taking two to three of us five, six, maybe seven hours to get everything done um, just with our diamond order. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is our diamond order is much bigger than it used to be. We have, Part is we have two accounts. We're getting two, two accounts. orders now. We're getting two orders. We're getting – we have more mail orders than we used to. We have – and. Yeah. But now, mail order sounds like it could account for everything, but we also have a lot more in-store subscribers than we used to. And yep. we have a lot of very particular, and I, by particular, I don't mean needy, but we just have some customers that are getting different items on a scale that we didn't always right. used to have. And they're getting, um, you know, some, some customers that get uh, cover A, cover C, cover D, cover G, three copies of cover M, whatever. And, and we've there's just so much more little work that we have to do that's involved as opposed to just saying, um, here's our list of 120 subscribers and here's this one gets Hal Jordan and this one gets Superman and this one gets um, the new Amazing Spider-Man. There's just like so much more that's gone on and it, and it has um, it's created a lot more work. I mean, I think our days, all of our days are longer. Um, uh, and I think that we've, I know at least just this week, I have felt like I've been getting so much less done every day, but I know that I'm, I'm really getting more done. There's just so much more to do. Yep. 
No, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, when we when we moved into this location, uh, the mail order business was a couple handfuls of people, and that was about it. And it was, um, you know, it would take me an hour and a half to to pull out, check damages, or to set out, pull, uh, check damages, pull the list, and call it done. Well, mm-hmm. in two months, that's gone from, you know. 10 to 12 to 25 and hedging on 30 uh, continuing to go up, which is an absolutely amazing. And we've, I've had to pull in another staff member to come in and, you know, do basically another day's worth of work on his schedule to help make sure that things are bagged and boarded and mm-hmm. make sure that everything's sent out. And it's now necessitated the, uh, you know, discussions of, okay, FedEx, how can we, consolidate to one shipping partner okay usps could we consolidate to one shipping partner so it's it's been again you know you leave at the end of the day going geez i got so much left to do right but you you look back and you go wow i got that much done like it, it's a it's a you have a brief moment of despair followed by a huge emotion push of success and and mm-hmm. what you've gotten completed so it's been much for me much to to you know what you're saying it's just been a lot more work but it has been very fruitful and very meaningful and very uh, pleasing work to do because mm-hmm. you see the value monday uh yeah it was monday i, I mean like <laughs> today is wednesday that we're recording this and uh, it feels i mean every day is it, basically it feels like it's still monday like i never went home um but monday we i i was just off to such a great start in the morning i'm just knocking stuff out of the park getting so much done. Uh, we got some, um, I, I kind of finalized some really cool, uh, business arrangements that we'll go into on a later show. Yep. Um, but it's something that we're really excited about. Uh, and got, got all that kind of figured out and, um, took care of, uh, just a bunch of random, random, uh, customer issues that we had due to, Diamond, uh, either not, you know, either shorting us an item or sending us damaged items or, and there's been quite a list of stuff that Diamond was is supposed to have gotten to us over the past two months that we just never ended up seeing. Yep. And, um, so we had, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but Monday I just felt like I was on such a roll and I felt like I got so much done. And then Tuesday came and knocked you back down. Well, yeah, but you know, the thing, and again, the thing is, um, it's weird because, and I, and this is. In the grand scheme of things, um, compared to other jobs that you and I have had, mm-hmm. the workload here is nothing. Um, but we usually, at, at our respective corporate jobs, had a large support structure um, where we were able to delegate to the right people, and we had a lot of the right people to delegate to. Yep. Now it's it's more you know it's on our shoulders to get this stuff done. And it, it kind of so when we it's, little we're side, delegating to one another essentially at yeah, this point. <laughs> a little side story when we moved when we moved in here. Now I I mean I guess we'll kind of you want to talk about the move? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do that. So the last time that we did a recording about our move, we had talked about how we were kind of lining up a few different things. So we lined up you know some uh, some customers who wanted to come and help. We lined up the movers, and we we're going to kind of do a big bang and get it all done. And that was kind of where we had figured ourselves to be at, knowing mm-hmm. that there would be a couple of days where we would cease to operate to move some boxes. 
Well, there, you know, as with everything in, in this manner, there are snags and there are unforeseen issues that pop up that, well, so the building that we came into had a business in it that uh, went out of business in March. And, or, or at least they announced, I think it was March 1st, that they were going to be going out of business, that they were going to be having a, essentially a liquidation sale on everything. Right. And then uh, the plan was for them to be out by mid-March. Yep. The building owner was going to come in, and the, the previous business had been uh, a grocery store. Lo- lovely the, owner, lovely people. I yeah, mean, very nice. And they and they kept a clean, very uh, nice-looking store. But um, the plan was hopefully to have them out by mid-March, mm-hmm. have a, a prorated, you know, half half last month for them, which takes a lot of burden off of financially off of their shoulders. Um, and they'd been there for nine years, so get the building owner in, let the building owner do all the work to the building that needs to be done to get everything up to. And I'm, I'm going to say he went above. And oh, he he. We tried to keep this PG, but I he kicked ass. Yeah, I mean. Compared to other, you know, apartment rentals, other businesses, oh my gosh, this guy unprompted complete just complete opposite of a oh. lord. This guy goes above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. But be, so what? What ended up happening was, uh, and to set the stage for what was going on on our end, we had two rental locations at this point. We had the main store, of, uh, of course, which was right on the, the main intersection downtown, and then about a block away. We had rented uh, what used to be a 3,000 and then, due to another long story, ended up becoming a 2,000 or maybe 1,500 square foot uh, business that we, or, or not even a business, but just a little area that we basically used as storage. Yep. Um, and it was nice because it was right by the store. We could not, now we had a full basement at the at the store, but we couldn't use it. The, yeah, it was it, a dirt floor, and it was uh, less than six-foot ceiling, because I it, had to crouch. Oh, yeah. Dirt floors, it was, I mean, it was very humid down there all the time. We yep. constantly were running a dehumidifier. There were there were animals dying down there. Birds, we, mostly. We had, now there was a room down there that we had. <laughs> uh, it used to be, it was all, I mean, it had to have been, what do you think they used that room for? It was a it, room. It that, had to have been a, a storage room of some kind, because it had a, it was like if you've been, yeah. If you've been to an apartment complex that has a, garages with storage above it, they usually have like a cage for each tenant, and it was very similar to that. It was like a chicken wire cage um, with doors and then some shelves that went yeah. back to the. I don't ever. I never went to the back of that room for multiple reasons. Yeah, I did it, but uh, it had a fun name. Well, we call it, so what we called it, and <laughs> one of the things that we what we kept down there in that particular room was extra shelving for our slat walls and, and grid, grids, grid, yeah, wall. grid wall. And um, so whenever we needed something, we would go down there to get the shelves. And we very quickly found that somehow there were a lot of birds getting in, and then they never got out. So we called it the dead bird room. Yep. Because we'd go down there. There's always a dead bird. There's always some, some new dead bird that had gotten and in. And we'd sometimes, always have box, go and get it. Sometimes, <laughs> too. Right. And... Uh, so we called it the dead bird room and there were just you know there were animals that we we had uh squirrels get in we had chipmunks get in we had mice obviously um there were just it was an old building the building was it's it's a 150 year old building yeah 1848 or something like that it's 
So yeah, it's I mean even older than I remembered it being. I I can't remember what. Yeah, back I it was when 18, it was built. Eighteen seventy. I don't know. Anyways, regardless of that fact, the third floor of that building hasn't been used for like fifty years. It's been just empty. It's it in this past winter took a toll on the roof. Well, the roof had been in disrepair for a long, long time. Yeah. But one of the big things that happened was, and and this had happened pretty much the whole time we were there, but the the guy that used to own it, very nice guy, he was in his mid to now, I think, late 80s. Um, and he he would always do the necessary work to it, but he never really planned to stick money into the building. So a right. lot of times what would happen is, and it was, it's still a miracle that no one was ever killed. No, oh yeah. Glass glass windows from the third floor would just fall out and yep. land, and we'd hear a loud shatter. And we'd go out there, and there was, uh, I mean, we're talking like an 11 by 17 window that would just fall out and the and the, that third floor was that was way up there because we had vaulted ceilings yeah that were about 12 oh, feet tall time. plus big you time. had a second story and then a third story yeah it was huge and um so uh, one of the things that happened though this past winter was you, you you look at the building and they never that was never covered up the building was was sold to a new buyer and um or new owner i should say and uh, that third floor was just exposed to the elements over the course of an entire winter. Well, you know, you're going to get a ton of animals in there. You're going to get the, the exposure alone is going to create problems. You're going to get rot. You're going to get mold. Um, and the issues that the building had, especially in the basement, we just couldn't store anything in it. Yep. We couldn't store anything in the basement. So we had to have this separate, separate uh, area across the street for storage. Long story short... We had, we couldn't bring, you know, anytime you got to touch something more than once is a problem. It's wasted labor. So we didn't want to bring bring everything from the storage area back over to the shop for the last month and then move it again. So what we had to do was, because we had thought that we were going to be in mid-April, or uh, early April, we had said we're going we're gonna to put in our notice uh, for for both places that we are going to be out by April 31st. Uh, 30th. 30th. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> April 30th. So we said we're going to put it in by April 30th. And if officially we're going to, to uh, be tenants of the new building on the 1st. And we're going to have everything consolidated into one location. Well, what ended up happening was the tenant in our new building did not get out by mid-March. Uh, in fact, didn't get out until like early April. So that put kind of all of our plans on the back burner. So now what we thought was going to be kind of a leisurely month to move everything, get everything out of storage, bring that over, bring shelving over, bring racking over, turned basically turned into a we had about 10 days to, to not just move everything in, but to get every single thing out of the other of, of both the store and the storage area. And we were, that store now has been, Kyle has been there for, in over whatever iterations uh, for four, going on 14 years. There's a lot of stuff between the basement, between that first floor and storage. We had 10 days to move everything from both buildings out, get it into the new building and get the new building set up to be operational. And we took it a step further too because uh, we spoke with the new owner of the building and asked what 
was hap- what his intentions were after we left. And his intentions were, uh, and I think they still are, he wants to kind of gut the inside. And there's a, mm-hmm. an adjacent business that also left and went to a bigger location. Um, there was just a wall uh, that had been constructed that separated the two. And I think his intention still is to knock part of that wall down and create a restaurant or some sort of, you know, some sort of atmosphere right. type thing like that. So we had said, well, okay, um, you know, we've got slat wall here that six months earlier, two of us had uh, just mounted 10 feet up in the air <laughs> to handle our artist additions. So we had slat wall. We had slat wall behind the counter where the, the wall books were. There was slat wall over by the gaming area. And then the building adjacent had eight, ten full sheets of slat wall that they had that was beautiful. Which I, went, I had to go in and take out on the probably worst day of the month. It was it was cold, freezing rain. Snow. It was just oh, it was, it was just horrible. But it was terrible. You know, it's one of those things where you don't really look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, if no. you're, you're going to get $1,000 worth of slat wall for the cost of just taking it down... Um, I did it in two hours. It literally saved us a thousand bucks or more in time and and everything mm-hmm. else, and having to go get it um, here and three and a half times the space means three and a half times the walls. Yeah, and and we, uh, and we had yeah. we had well. So, anyways, um, that was the issue was that we we took what was to be this kind of month plan and crammed it down into ten days. Yep, it's not. It's not easy to do, and a lot of, and I hate to say it, but you cut a lot of corners, and so anyone who's ever moved on a, on a very tight timetable, if you've moved out of a, a house you've been in for 15 years, um, it, you, you, you accumulate to, more than you think. Right, so essentially when you, you know, everyone at their house, except for maybe the most OCD and organized uh, listening to this, you probably have a junk drawer, right? You probably have something where you, uh, I don't know where to throw the zip tie. It goes in the junk drawer. Well, we had kind of, there was stuff that we had never dealt with for, for that had been there for 12 years. So when we first got into this new uh, building, as we got closer and closer, like, holy crap, we've got to be open in two days. And we've, and we've, we've got, got five piles days of boxes work. everywhere. <laughs> so we had, the nice thing is the second floor is big. There's four offices, <coughs> a kitchen. And then the loft for the gaming area. Uh, we had a room that just kind of became a big junk drawer room. Yeah, catch-all. So a ton of stuff went into there. Yep. So we thought, okay, whatever. Get that in there, just out of sight, out of mind. Nobody's Customers, of course, aren't going to see it. And we'll deal with it, you know, the week after the, yeah. the reopen. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. That didn't happen. After. I mean, there was... <laughs> it, and now I finally, just this week, started going through it. But I've only got it maybe a third of the way through... And it looks great compared to what it was, but there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of a lot of damage to do on it. It's just little things like that to go back to what I was saying before about all that to lead up to this. That there are things, little little things that we said we'll get that done tomorrow. Well, tomorrow happens, and like we're not getting to cleaning the whole room out anymore. Yeah. So it's it's taken us a lot of time to realize that the scale has changed, and we're going to have to kind of change the way that we do. A lot of the things that we used to, which is all a great problem to have. Yeah, I'm and, not complaining one bit. I'm, and that's rather, why we've been. That's why we have not had two hours or 
three hours to sit down and let's yeah. do we're recording. And it's not that we haven't wanted to. No. I think we're at a point now where we both have said, I need this. We, we like to talk, but we, we hear each other a lot, so now somebody mm-hmm. else can listen to us. Um, I think another another piece to the move that is really important that we want to call out was not only was this all hands on deck for the four employees, this was all hands on deck for anyone who wanted to help. Oh, and we had the best helpers. We had James' parents came and helped us on our heaviest move day. Your mom put out a freaking smorgasbord that fed us mm-hmm. for four days. Yeah, it was um, great. We had, you know... The ex-mayor of the city and his good friend came to help us move just because we're acquaintances and he wanted to help. Um, we had Warhammer guys were coming to help. We had some of our magic guys come to help. I mean, everyone who had some spare time to lift a box did. And mm-hmm. it was nice because we had a, a nice mix of grunt and skilled labor. So we had, you know, people that were box movers and, you know, just set it here and we'll... we'll Put it on the shelf because we know how we want it. We had the best ditch diggers. Oh, we did. And then we had guys that can run power tools. So I had power tools here. We had to put up a bunch of slat wall. We had to cut. Um, oh, one of the things that we did from the old store to the new was um, in the old store, we had a fake brick wall in the back that kind of gave us a little back back room. But we have an entire upstairs. We don't need the back room, so to speak. So what we did was uh, we peeled some of that faux brick wall down and brought it to the new store because we wanted to put some old with the new. So we ended up cutting... The new, the new store has a lot of windows, which is, which is a great thing for natural light. It's a great thing to combat that sort of stereotype that you get normally about dark, a comic shop. Blah. But the one thing that doesn't uh, allow us to do is get a lot of wall space, which... And it also fades the product. Well, it does. Yeah, no doubt about that. So what we ended up doing was we, we picked, I think, three or four windows of the 40 that we have. And we um, cut faux brick to fit inside the window and kind of look like we bricked off the, the the windows. And it actually has it, a, it looks pretty cool from the outside. Well, even better than that, in my opinion, is uh, we had, without going into the whole fire code, yeah. city inspector, yada, yada, yada stuff um, to get the occupancy permit. One of the things we had to do was close off the stairway to the second floor, or at least underneath the stairway. Yeah, under the stairs, because it was an open staircase. You can't store so. anything. It's a fire code thing that if there is a fire and you have product underneath the stairway, uh, if that were to ignite, uh, then you, you're cutting off a means of egress for somebody from the second floor, even though we do have, even though a friend of mine who happens to be a fire chief somewhere told me that that only applies to office buildings where it's the only alternative to an elevator so whatever anyways uh but we had to close it off and um one of the uh one of the guys we had helping took a look at that giant thing of of brick that we had and he's like you know i could make kind of like a a faux brick wall to, to enclose your stairs if you want and uh he and Chris helped him with that, and they did it in like two hours. It looks unbelievable. It looks amazing. And then when the, uh, the we had one inspector came in who said he liked that we didn't put anything underneath the stairs product-wise. Well, between him and the, the other inspector that came in, we got the brick wall put up, and uh, that inspector was just over the moon. He was so happy to see, oh, I've told him for years they had to close this off. And so he was, uh, yeah, it worked out. Couldn't have worked out better, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of that, again, we have so many windows in our downstairs storage area, which also doubles for some of our online sales stuff. Um, we had, what are they? They're six-foot-tall, four-foot-wide panels that, I think there's four panels or something like that, 
and we wanted to find a way to kind of cover those for the back room. We have adjacent panels in that uh, overflow gaming area that lead out to the patio, but you, know, you don't need, no, not everyone needs to see your underwear kind of thing. So we wanted to have a way to kind of close that off. And we thought, well, we could always, you know, brick wall this too. But when we were at C2E2, we talked with some of the publishers and said, hey, if you have any old convention banners and stuff, we're going to be going into a bigger location that has a massively vaulted ceiling over part of it, as well as big windows that, you know, we're just, it's going to be too much. We're going to need to cover it. If you could send us anything that would, you know, like I said, an old uh, convention banner or something, we'd love to hang it up. Well, what I, what I had told them when I was explaining this C2E2, I said, Basically, if you know, we're we understand that signage is expensive, but we have to fill an entire giant window that's street facing, right? And it's so if you have anything with your logo on it, we will it will be there uh, in perpetuity. We're not going to switch this out. I mean, right. if you can get something that's not, I mean, don't send us a, a giant poster for a book coming out in a month. That we have to take down, but if, if Dark Horse or whoever, if you can send us just a big Dark Horse logo, we will put that in the window, and uh, and it's going to be there for God knows uh, as long as we're in business. Yep. Uh, and one company really came through for us. Yeah, same Valiant. same old company that always, whenever we ask, they come through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Valiant sent us some amazing uh, old convention banners, and they're not like the. The nylon cloth type banners. These were the full, um, like vinyl, vinyl threaded. I mean, like these are industrial banners that we were able to nail up, mm-hmm. not worry about ripping. Um, we got a bloodshot one and a Britannia one. Yeah, which is awesome because those are two books that do really well for us. So it was um, that was really cool. That was it was mm-hmm. really really great. And uh, yeah, we just we had some. Oh, Jackie coming up and hanging all the cow pictures up here at the old cow arm. Oh yeah, she and she was very methodical about everything tape measure with, with the tape measure. She's just like has to be uh, balanced. Oh, for sure. The Gene Ha cow is out. I always like the Gene Ha. Yeah. Cow. So, anyways, it was there. There were just little things that, that were, you know, they weren't necessarily setbacks, but they were. But every every, um, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Yep. We got a couple hits, but mostly we stuck to the plan. And we the plan was to to do a soft open on Wednesday, the second of May. Right, right. Because obviously Wednesday is is a new comic day. And um, originally we had sort of unrealistically planned to be closed for, for only two days. Well, that was sort of built into having the whole month to move. Right. That didn't happen, obviously. So we ended up uh, closing. For four days, we were closed Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and that that last Tuesday was a real scramble, yep. like a real scramble because the the worst part about that Tuesday wasn't trying to get everything ready for the soft open the next day. It was trying to make sure that every damn thing was out of both the storage area and the old store. Yep, and. There were there was a lot of stuff over there. I mean, I, we'd keep finding stuff. We just keep finding stuff. Yep. More and more and more. And I th- I'd say I'm going back to make one more. Yeah, run you must have made about 15, 16 one more trips. Oh, that last yeah, that last day for sure. It was. I just kept loading the truck up with with more stuff. Like oh my god, I just found this in the basement. Yep. Um, it's little things like I'd find, um, you know, a four foot section or an eight foot section of slat wall that we didn't even know was down there because it was. 
it was buried behind a, an old piece of wood or something. I'm just like little things that we had no idea. It's a big basement. It's a big basement yeah. down there. Um, so that last Saturday or that last uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, last Tuesday night was uh, probably the most stressful because we didn't want to have to we didn't want to have to dip over into a new month. And all of a sudden start worrying about prorated rent at one location or a second location. And um, that was, to me, the most stressful part. And everything up after that was, was uphill. But it was, at least for me, that whole last week was like minimum 18-hour days. Um, and so I was really, really happy when we hit that Wednesday. We opened. Like, okay, we're actually, people are coming in. They like it. We weren't ready totally ready i mean we didn't have the side room with the video game set up because in the move our big uh our big about what is it about a seven foot case yeah seven foot case about 12 feet wide um a bunch of the the bolts and the screws to assemble it were lost so we had to go and and track down a bunch of those from the hardware store uh and it's just an awkward setup to put together because it's uh you know kind of a pegboard backing with flimsy metal sides. Right. I mean, it, it's one of those things where if you don't have it all together, it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So you got to have enough hands to hold it together so you can bolt it to itself to keep it together. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier with more people. But um, So we didn't have that set up, and we had... Uh, we had a lot of racking in that overflow room yet. We had we a lot of stuff. squared away. Well, we just sort of... we um, For that Wednesday, and then even... On the grand reopening, we just sort of closed that room. Yep. We had a giant Space Marine cardboard standee that Games Workshop was kind enough to send to us, amongst others. And, um, I mean, they were another company that really came through, and we told them we have these big windows uh, windows to fill with some sort of branding. Send us whatever you want. And they sent us three big cardboard standees, which is really cool. And big is, I'm a big guy, six foot four, two seventy five. That Space Marine makes me look like... And no muscle. Yeah, no muscle, no. No, the Space Marine's huge. That Space Marine makes me look like a little guy. It's So that was cool. We put that in front of the door, and um, so we, it was, you know, it was blacked off. But um, ultimately, you know, that next Monday, we had that room ready to go, and we would, we just kept, we kept chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at all the little things that needed to be done. Yep. Um, we were all chipping in different areas. Oh yeah, you were you were going through things. You were having Sam put stuff out on the shelves, and I was busy trying to tackle whatever technological snafu we'd gotten ourselves into to get our systems back up and running. Mm-hmm. And it was it the, was quite a quite an adventure. It was. So the the big thing, um, and this will feed into sort of the other topic, but of course the soft open was the second, which is a Wednesday. So then Thursday. We had um, we were back to our regular schedule, which was D and D is every Thursday night. Magic is on Friday night. Saturday was is Pokemon, and uh, Sunday is Warhammer. So by Thursday, we were back to our regular schedule. We had our our gamers started to come in, and uh, really that was our first time that we had anybody on the second floor using that gaming space. And everybody loved it. I mean, we heard nothing but positive things from everybody. They loved it so much more than the old location. Um, One thing that was, uh, well, two things of particular note at the new store here. 
uh, as far as what makes it much better than the old location, um, regardless of everything else. One, we have a parking lot. Yep. And we have discussed, we won't even go into it now, but we've discussed on, on past episodes, one I think in particular, how bad the parking situation is in downtown Oconomowoc. Well, now not only do we have our own parking lot, we have a giant parking lot uh, to the west of us that is going to become a municipal parking lot because the city purchased the building to make it the new police station. We're also going to have police right next to us. Um, on the other end of us, on the east end, there is an Arby's, which has this gigantic parking lot bigger than any Arby's I've ever seen before. Yep, it goes way back. <laughs> right, and we have our own parking lot. So yep. all of a sudden we went from having no parking to pretty much an almost limitless amount of parking. Yeah, and the folks at, at Arby's have told us that you know, if we have an event and we need overflow parking, just to start at the back of the lot and work up, and they're fine. Well, and not only that, but the people at Arby's are really great about that. They, they made, so we were talking to them, and they said, if we're ever going to have a big event in the store, tell them, and then we can offer that anyone wants that wants to go to Arby's is going to get a discount, or, yep. or vice versa. Um, you know, if, if we want Arby's to come into the store and cater something, they'll give us a discount. Because all they've got to do is walk across uh, a little driveway. Um, we have so we have tons of space that that and, and tons of parking. That is the the one of the biggest things, and I think that's the reason that our one of the big reasons our business has been up since the move. We had a lot of people that again I don't want to you know dredge the whole subject back up, but that said, are you are you guys sure you want to leave downtown? You're on the main intersection. All that foot traffic and, you must get. And we have had it, it's it has not been since. We did the reopen here that I realized how much the parking had handicapped us uh, as a business over there, or the lack of parking, because we have twice as many people, at least in on a daily basis now, than we ever did over there. And and I think the proximity, and you're spending money in the proximity to other businesses where people can park. Like we have George Webb's across the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a busy street. But you can frogger across it and not die. Yeah. And there's been a number of times where I've, I've been here, and I'm usually not here during the, the sales day, number of times where people have walked over and they're like, oh, you know, we just wanted to check it out. You know, we go to webs every once in a while. We could see your windows, and we just thought we'd come see what's going on. Mm-hmm. This place is really cool. And they walk out with five ten dollars $10 worth of stuff. And the next time they go to webs, they come back again while they're waiting for their food. And, you know, that's never really been something I've thought of. Like, I'll go put my order in at Webb's and walk across the street. Because it's not like it takes long for Webb's to make their food. Yeah. But we get that. We get people that, oh, uh, I know one one of the days we had a bus full of kids that was dropped off at the Arby's. Um, I don't know if it was a sporting event or a field trip or what, but they were dropped off at Arby's to get food. And half of them came into the shop and, you know, oh, I'm coming back later. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's I think... As I discussed in that same episode, you know, the invisible barrier of having to cross an intersection. Well, here we're on the main drag that goes through town. There's a highway that literally butts into it and it drives you right to downtown. So if you want to get anywhere in Oconomowoc, uh, you essentially, you're on either this road or on uh, Summit, but or not Summit, but yeah, Summit. But anyways, um, well, the weird thing, we get a ton of traffic though. Yeah, and one of the really weird things about the old spot is, and I... You know, this could be a total aberration, but Oconomowoc a year ago, you would not have been able to have any open retail space. No. At all. It would have no. been, people would have been fighting with, with uh, razor blades over it the minute that anyone even had a rumor of, of a business moving or going out. Yep. Right now, there are four 
open retail spots on Earl Block. And there's a fifth that's about to happen next month because uh, what is it called? The Taste of Home? Yep. Uh, there's a place that has like kind of refurbished antiques upcycling. and things. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. And they are moving. Kind of the Pinterest upcycling stuff. Right. They're moving about a block and a half uh, south. And their retail space that's on our old block, which again is, you know, according to everyone that was giving us advice, it's just a spot to be in in the city. Um, it's still got a front sign in and it's been there for four or five months. It's been there since well before we yep. announced we were moving. So something is going on downtown to drive people away from snapping up this, these retail spots. And um, without telling too many tales out of school, uh, what we had been told by a bunch of people from around town is that the place that wanted to go into our old location backed out. So that's why it's been sitting there empty. Um, my question is, is it the lack of, of parking and the absurd amount of construction going on right now? Is that is and we and we also know about another business on that block that's going to be going out because we were told by the owner that it was going to close. Um, I don't think they've actually closed yet, but uh, it, it makes no sense to me, and I think it has to be due to the. To the parking scenario I, down there. Yeah, I think I think it's um, a blip on the radar. Uh, once all the construction is done with these co- uh, three condo buildings that they're putting up, uh, and the construction equipment clears out, you know, if you're going to have three buildings full of new tenants, you're going to have to have more things. So I think that the business will return. Um, I think another problem though with those those buildings is that that's kind of the historic downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's historic downtown buildings around the corner and up on the main drag that we're on now, but a lot of those have had time to be refurbished or you know redone. And the block that we were on really wasn't because it was kind of on the end and it was you know out in the last part. And Spinnaker's was empty for how long? Well, that's they they tore down right, but it's half the buildings but west it, of us. It's sad, empty, and so I think that there's kind of a um, <laughs> excuse me. I think it's just a, a momentary pause where. Once the construction is done, once people start flooding in, those are going to get snapped up again as well. Yeah. Probably. <clears throat> and we know that the, the gentleman that bought our building has really good plans to refurbish it. He was able to secure some funding through whatever one of the local um, funding blocks was because it's a historic building. He wants yeah. to take the, the, the frontage and return it to kind of what there's, it was. There's some downtown... Um, it's like a, a downtown... Revitalization... Business, uh, Thing. It's it's a it's a grant money thing. It's just, yeah it's well you got to pay it back. I mean it's but it's zero percent over like ten years or something, something like that. It's like a half a million dollars. So it's, any you know anybody's gonna take it. But anyway, so um, parking has Whoa. been such a benefit for us. Uh, the other thing, it, not just our customers, but literally us. Right. <laughs> the other thing that is a small small thing that anybody listening to this podcast is, is it's not going to really register for them, but. At the old store, we had a super tiny bathroom that was literally small. I haven't been on a lot of planes. You've been on a lot more planes than I have. But I, the few air, airplane bathrooms that I have seen have been larger than our old bathroom. Right. So our old bathroom, you had was, to straddle the, the toilet room. to close the door. You, you had to. Well, <laughs> so it was in the back room. So first off, it... it you know, any time in a business you have to say, when somebody wants, especially if you're hosting an event and you, your 
you're basing your event around you being able to host a certain amount of people, be it 20 or 50 or more. Um, you have to provide a bathroom. When you tell people that they have to walk through your back room, whatever your back room is, if it's an operations area, if it's just an office, it still to me is, is something that is unprofessional. And I don't, I always, whenever we sent people into the, we'd always have people ask if we had a bathroom. And kind of depending on the, the situation, if it was like during a parade, we'd always say no. If it was during a downtown event on the green where they had, you when know, beer, a beer garden, garden going, or something, it was, right? It was out of order. No, there's nobody coming in and using our bed. It's not a public restroom. Um, but if we're hosting a, a Pokemon, Pokemon event that's got 50 people, we got to give them a bathroom. So now people have to go through our back room and they have to go into into this little bathroom. That, as you were saying, now that when you after you walk through the, the back room to get into the bathroom, the, the door opened inward into the toilet, which was a big problem. So you'd go in, you have to get on the toilet and then shut the door. The other big issue, as far as the layout of this bathroom went, was that the light switch was behind the door. Yeah. So when you yeah. walked in, you... You had to get in, close the door, in the dark, find the light. Turn right. The light on. For us, <laughs> it became second nature to turn it on. Um, but there were so many people that it just... Oh, and... It had been, I think we were still using uh, a jury rig on the handle that Mike had cooked up about two years ago when we left. Yep. So um, it just, it, it was, it always was a, a seedy looking bathroom that was in our back room. And now we have a very nice bathroom that's about six times the size, literally. It's a really yeah. nice, it's the nicest bathroom I've ever seen. You can park my Honda Civic in it. Also, we are the only comic store I know. That has our bathroom professionally cleaned by Cintas. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the beauty of it is, if that bathroom is being used by a customer and one of us needs to use the bathroom, employee bathroom. We have an employee bathroom that is locked away, so we don't have to worry about getting in anybody else's way, and they don't have to worry about getting in our way. But any, anyway, all the gamers that we had that first Thursday night loved, they loved the parking, they loved the fact that we have a public restroom that's not through uh, a twisty back room. That may or may not have been full of long boxes on any given day. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> um, and the, the, just that response that first Thursday night when we had our, our first real gaming event in here. Uh, it, it really, I mean, it, it made me feel so good because I... You, have, you never know. You never know. If, yep. You know, if are, are people going to find something to complain about? We've had a couple people that found something to complain about. And they're the t type of people that when they found something to complain about, I knew that we were doing fine. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. If, if that makes sense to you. Um, Friday, uh, the day before the Grand Reopen, we had our magic event. And we were still just kind of uh, plugging away at getting the – we were still hanging new shelves. We were putting slat wall shelving up. We were – making new displays we were making shelf talkers we were um yes one of us so, was up very late making shelf talkers but the other person it. was up it. very late stocking shelves i know i know somebody <laughs> else who was able to go in uh to the old store and, and peel the uh peel the sticker off the, the window, window sticker we, off we again. thought wasn't a sticker um and then i mean there's there's just all this little stuff like we I'll, I'll give a quick explanation to make a very long story short. I won't delve into the whole in, in and out of it, but um, we could have... Tr now, there's a big, big 
freestanding sign in front of this building. Um, and we have to get, yeah, I know, oh, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but we have to get, we have to fill it. We want to fill it. We want to put our sign right. on this sign. The problem is in this particular city that we are in, you have to have a sign permit. You can't get the sign permit until you've gotten your occupancy permit. Um, there are so many little hoops that you have to jump through that. And beyond that, we, the sign permit has to be approved by the city beautification committee or whatever, some stupid cockamamie thing. And there's, where, they have all these little... Once, oh, we once don't like you, that color, but the color's already on the sign. Right. They have to approve <laughs> the sign after you have the mock-up done and all this. Anyways. And then, of course, there's the time to make the sign. Right. So we could have had, we could have started the ball rolling on this whole thing a year ago. The timetable would not have shifted on this at all. Yep. We are we are about a week out from having our sign replaced, um, but we still get <laughs> we still get Mondays are the worst. The yep. Mondays must have been grocery day for a lot of people. But the store that used to be here was an organic grocery store. Now I'm not one to bash organic grocery stores because I used to run one. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily a health nut at all it was just a good job offer that i took um but i know the product very well i know the distributors i know i know it um and when we had so the first month or so we would have a lot of people that would come in and they'd be shocked that the market had closed <laughs> well, they would they and, wouldn't even notice you know the, the fact that a couple of the windows right. had bricks and there was you know you have to walk past superman on the window <laughs> yeah so one, I'll just I'll I'll tell a couple quick funny anecdotes. Uh, one woman comes in, she walks she walks in. Now this is like a good two months after the market had closed. She comes in, she takes about uh, five steps in, and she stops. She looks shocked. She says, "What happened to all the food?" <laughs> and I said, uh, "Well, if you're referring to the market, they they closed back in March." Um, but uh, we we're a comic book store. We used to be downtown. We've moved over here. We also sell board games. We sell uh, video games. We have uh, statues, action figures. And she goes, well, nobody told me. And I said, well, I'm sorry we didn't call you and tell you. <laughs> and she says, well, where am I supposed to do all my grocery shopping now? And I said, I guess wherever you've been shopping for the last two months. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, that was usually sort of the, the template for the people that we would get in there. Every single we person were, that comes in. Well, I was here two weeks ago. Like well, no, it's, you, it's impossible. We had somebody. No, we yeah, and he's he's not making this is no, not hyperbole. We and this has happened somebody, multiple times. She's like, well, I was just here two weeks ago, and this wasn't here. Like, you weren't. <laughs> if you were here two weeks ago, you were buying comic books, you know, or you but got the was, same discussion two weeks ago, right? Um, but no, she claimed that she had done her shopping two weeks ago. The best part is when they try and convince you that you're wrong, right? So anyway, <laughs> we had uh, another one was this woman that comes in with her husband, and they walk. Now, it's a long store, and the register is more towards the front of the store than the back. We right. have a door at the front and a door at the back. Because parking lots in the back. Parking lots in the back, sidewalks in the front. From the register, from where we have placed the register, you can see both. You have a clear point of view to both yep. doors. and um, Which was intentional. This woman and this guy come in, and they walk all the way from the back door up to the register. Now, they're walking past giant shelves of trades. They're walking past... Action figures, statues, comic books. Back issue bins. Back issue bins. 30 said, feet of back issue bins. And I said, hi, how are you doing? Can I help you find anything? Anything I can point you towards? And she says, I just need you to get me two cans of Muir Glen tomatoes. And I said, well, 
I said, ma'am, I don't know if you noticed. I said, but uh, we're not a, a food store here. I said, we're a comic book store. The food store went uh, out of business back in March. And she looked around. She says, really? I said, yeah. I said, notice that, you know, we don't have any food other than a, a cooler of Mountain Dew over there. <laughs> and maybe you some know? Snickers bars. Right. register. And she says, oh, well. Like, well, I didn't, I didn't know that. No one, this is like the, the common response <laughs> yeah. to me is no one ever told me. Yeah. Well, anyway, so this is leading back to the sign. We can't take the sign down, but we also don't have our replacement sign. So we get a lot of people after we tell them that. They go, well, the sign still says you're the market. Do you know your sign still says that the market's here? Oh, Oh, yeah, thank you for, uh, I'm, I'm really glad to know that. You know, I'm really, that's great. <laughs> Not like we can't see it from our Not windows. The, you're the 150th person to tell us <laughs> that the sign is still there. We are we are well aware. Um, that has been one of those things where there's just, you can plan as much as you want, as far out as you want. It ain't going to yeah. change anything. And it's just one of those things where it's like, never mind the fact that you're going past a light up DC sign, a light up flash sign. You've got Cowabunga Comics in the window. We've got like Two a Cowabunga foot magic sign. Oh my god! It's got a guy with like a light up staff and it says, Magic the Gathering Dominaria sold here. Yep. Um, Maybe that's a big thing in health food stores. We should try that. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you from personal experience. Anyway, so we, we've had a lot of weird little quirks the first, you yeah. know, the and first it's, two months. It's funny because I'll be at my regular day job and I'll get a random text from James another one and I know exactly what it is <laughs> another one looking for the food well, store we had yeah one of so another great I mean I, I we literally have had oh probably over 100 it's gotta be at least close to that oh um, it's gotta be I mean it's well into the high double digits between you and Sam yeah so we had uh, one guy who comes in and uh, he walked in the back door real quick guy probably you know mid 30s Real clean cut uh, in a suit. And he walks and said, hi. And I was back stocking some trades. I said, hi, hi there, sir. I said, can I help you find anything? Uh, is there anything I, I can point you towards? And he says, oh. oh. He's like, I know what I'm, I know what I'm here for. And he walks past everything. And he walks over into that side room where we have the video games. And um, he walks in there. And I, I kind of followed him because if he wanted any, the only product we have in there is a locked case. It's a locked case, so yeah. I have a key. And I said, well, if there's something I can get out of the case for you, just let me know. He goes, where did you guys move the food to? And I said, if you're referring to the grocery store, we are not them. We're a separate business. They went out of business. He says, where did they move to? I said, they didn't move. They went out of business. He says, okay, well, I was under the impression that it was still in this complex. And I said, well, it's not really a complex. I said, it's not really a complex. I said, it's one building and we occupy the entire thing. We are a comic book store. Um, there's no more organic food here. And he says, you guys really should take that sign down then. I'm like, okay, thank you. I, I understand, sir. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And then he walked out and he was all huffy and puffy about it. And um, we've got, So we've gotten a lot of that. The best part is, for me, that the owner of the food store has, she's come around a few times because we built up a rapport with her and she likes to check in. And, um, so she was, she stepped in one day, she was, she was picking up something around town and she just wanted to stop in. So she opened the door and she just kind of said, Hey guys, how's it going? And I think you were here and you kind of let her know, yeah, it's going pretty good. And she said, you know, business has been good. Yeah. Business has been good. And made maybe like an offhand comment about business would be good for you too, because the amount of people that keep coming in asking for you. And, uh, 
you had regaled her with a story of someone who said, well, I come in every two weeks to do my, my shopping. I, t- I told her about the one where the woman said, where am I supposed to do all my grocery shopping? And I right. said, well, I told her. I said, well, I guess where have you been doing it for the last two months? And she thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Because yep. um, she had made a comment, I think, to you, something to the effect of, if all these people had been coming in and buying stuff for me regularly, I wouldn't have had to go out of business. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is it's it's the sad truth. But she, she took it well, and, and mm-hmm. she's been... Really nice to come by and just check in on us. And yeah. I think it's kind of that both her and the the current building owner who was uh, actually occupied the space with his own business before renting it to the food store, they've both been very pleased with kind of what the store has become under our watch with the, um, the very family-focused nature of things, the events. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to get to Free Comic Book Day? Yeah, we'll get to. I mean, I, I just I figure we kind of we'll hit all these little ancillary. Yeah, as we keep talking about the timeline. So I'm trying to think of that. Fri- well, that Friday then. So we're we're still getting everything set up, but the the big thing was, um, again, you know, signage is is a big important part. We we didn't have our big sign, so uh, all that those little stories about the food store to say one thing that we were we were worried about was are, are people going to find us yep and we had chained now on, on um the co- free comic book day locator you can go in there on the official website and you can log in under your retailer login and uh there's uh, a space where you can update your information and everything which we had done right away uh except for the largest newspaper the milwaukee journal sentinel when they still ran the free comic book day shop still listed our old address well, you went over and you put signs up on the windows saying that we had moved. And for the people that really, really, really wouldn't be able to grasp the information conveyed on the sign, you put a picture of the new building on a separate sign. Yes, and I, and I put it, about eight of those of each up on the ton, windows. Yeah, there were a ton of them. Um, and despite that, we still got people calling us on Free Comic Book Day. One guy in particular that's one of my favorites where he, he called and said... <laughs> Uh, he's like, you go. I said, I answered. It's a cowboy comics, and you know we had two hundred people in here. I said, uh, can I can I help you? And he says, you're open. I said, y- yes, sir, we're open. He goes, well, I'm looking in your window, and it looks all gutted. I said, are you at our old location on 102 North Main Street? He says, I don't know. I'm at your store. I said, well, I, I understand that, sir, but uh, I think you're at our old location. We have moved. He says move where and i said you're you were literally looking at the at the old store you're there right now the the location on the corner of the intersection downtown economy says yeah i said do you not see any signs on the windows because we've taken every other sign down there's yeah. literally nothing up yep except for the signs he says oh yeah there's some signs i said do you see the signs where it says that we have moved with a picture of the building and the address of where we have moved to he says well yeah i didn't read the signs though I said, well, just go to that address and, you, and you'll find us, you know. And <laughs> we got a lot of stuff like that where people would call us and they go, are you guys closed? Did you close down? Did you look through no. the signs? No. And, just... and I intentionally put them all at standard eye height. Yeah. So my standard eye height is 6'4". I put them at like 5'10", figuring most people are going to see them. So we, we you know, we, we don't, it sounds like we're, we're not sitting here bashing people that are trying to come to the store at all. No, Quite it's the, just the opposite. Funny. We're just trying to convey the fact that you can you can try to pass this information on to people, but 
no matter how much you think you are prepared for, for instance, a move yep. uh, and a grand reopen, you still will never be able to. <laughs> you, you, there are going to be groups that you just can't reach, and you can't, yep. and you can't yep. get the. You can prep as much as you want. You can spend any amount of money, and it ain't going to be worth it. Right. So aside from literally having a nonstop line of people ready to walk people to your new location, you're just not going to cover it. Yeah. So Saturday or Friday night, I should say, we had the majority of uh, of the tables set up for Free Comic Day. We had the layout down, how we wanted everything to be. Yep. And um, we threw everything out there, and Saturday morning... Oh, my gosh. And everything out there. So we had two tables of Free Comic Book Day books, which is our standard. And then we, again, at C2E2 at the Retailer Summit, we let people know what was happening. And now, a couple years back, we had an event, and I had reached out to DC Comics, and they had said, okay, well... Call me up and let's go through this list of stuff that's promo stuff that you can get. And we literally sat on the phone for 45 minutes and went through everything. This time it was, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Holy crap. I feel like an entire UPS truck backed up with free DC swag. I mean, it was... It was unbelievable. They sent... Unreal. They sent us um, giveaway books. They sent us pins, posters. They sent... um, I mean, we gave away... uh, We gave away... um, some metal shirts. We get, I mean, you had to yep. be the first couple of people in, but it was, we had oh, some the, of the best swag in town. Oh, and the best thing was the huge box full of the Hawaiian chocolates from Jason. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Those went over. They went over oh. well with my wife. Oh, they went over well, I think, with everybody. That's I mean, true. We, we, we yeah. almost made it through the big push of people without running out, but we well, had to dip into the personal stash a little bit to make sure that true. everybody could have some. So, Saturday... It, Saturday was was reflective of the move because we had so many people that showed up to help us yeah. that didn't ask that ahead of time if they needed help. They just showed up to help. Yep. And um, my my parents showed up. I mean, it's kind they, of becoming a, a thing now for them because yeah. so most of them have done it the last two years where they've come to just uh-huh. stand by a table and guide people or ask if somebody needs help or questions. Except one of our, our slackers who, uh, where did she go? She left for Europe that morning? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, um, well. But her brother helped, which was nice. Scotland? Or Ireland? Yes, Scotland, it was Scotland. she went to Ireland last yeah. year. Um, anyways, so we had a bunch of, we had a bunch of uh, great helpers that showed up un, unprompted. And the, you whole, know, the whole time that Free Comic Book Day was going on, we had a Pokemon event at the same time. Was it? Yeah. So that's and, that's the and big, nobody was stepping on anybody. No, because they were on the second floor. <laughs> it was of the awesome. Loft. It was just it is. It had. There were all these issues that we had had leading up to it, and all that we all had this incredible amount of worry about how it was going to go, and it was going to be disaster, it was going to be failure, whatever. Not only did everyone have a, a great time, we had a great time. The customers had a great time. Our helpers had a great time. We at one point, right after opening, we had a. I think we had a good. First off, before I, I tell you this, it was our single best day we've ever had. It yep. beat Black Friday of last year, which I thought set a pretty high bar. It was well, a very high bar. But I, I'm telling you that I. It, this is not exaggeration. I was just checking people's purchases out 
for at least four hours, like nonstop. Yeah, we had a, a line around the counter to it was, the point where I jumped in and tried to take card-only purchases right. in one spot. And I mean, it was it was it was cool. nonstop. I mean, imagine four hours of just ringing, and, and it was up. it was everything. It was statues, figures, back issues, trades, trades. wall books. Yeah, I mean, it was. It. Oh, Bottles of water, uh, keychains. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was, it was just was unbelievable. Nuts. And and we the most wonderful, glorious nuts you could possibly yeah. have. Now this is, and again, this is not. We we are not braggadocious people at all. But the whole point of us explaining this is to say that we had, you know, it, we were anticipating the worst. But as far as we're concerned, we got the best, and it yeah. was uh, it was just amazing. We had um, a bunch of my my friends came by to visit. Later on, my family came by to visit. Uh, and then the best, and then afterwards, my brother came by towards the end of the day. And um, after we closed the store, he and I just went out and got a beer. And it was like one of the best beers I can remember ever having. You know, it just uh, felt like I finally earned a, a good beer. And um, it went, it just went so well. And again, the feedback from everyone was, was just great. And uh, it was such a load off. It was, it was and a we haven't load slept off. since. <laughs> uh, not no, as much as it, we'd like. It really was. It was a, you know, you you dream up all these different scenarios and what's the perfect event, and you want, you know, just nothing but a store full of people and all sorts of excitement. And yeah, I don't know if it's because now having a you know wife and a daughter uh, or what, but it's fun to have the guys come in and drop big dollars on back issues and things like that. But it's almost. It's just as fun uh, to have families coming in. And one of the families in particular is a coworker of mine um, whose two kids wanted to come. They're uh, 13 and, and 10. Is that the guy uh, that we saw at C2E2? Uh, nope. Yeah, a different one. Okay. But his wife is not into comics at all. And he'd said, you know, hey, we're going to take off and head up to Cowabunga. Mind you, they live over an hour away. And... Um, his wife said, like, well, I'm coming too. He's like, oh, you were? I thought you were staying home. I mean, she wanted to come here and experience it too. And every, all four of them ended up picking things out to buy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's great. It's more sales for us. But it was one of those things where it just, it, it really, it leaves a good feeling, you know, when you've got multiple generations of people that are coming in and buying things. And one of our favorite customers uh, Mr. Arndt came in and was, um, he was a, a former artist. He, well, he's still an artist, but he did comics years and years ago. And he was looking at some artist editions and giving us some really cool information, things we didn't know about, mm-hmm. you know, paper sizes and stuff. You know, it was just a complete day where we had everything from big sales to small sales, family sales, just kids coming in. We had, you know, Mr. Arndt's in his 80s, mm-hmm. I think lower 80s. I mean... So I mean, we we had everything run the gamut, and it was. Well, and we had we had some of our other favorite customers that came in, and oh yeah, sarcastic uh, characters, and you know the guys that we like to hang out with on a Wednesday for two hours, and these guys are, uh, you know, sometimes we ought to put them on the payroll because they they're they're as enthusiastic, yeah. and they are, and they sometimes put in as much effort as we do. If there's people in here and, and, and people have a question about something, these guys jump in. Yeah. And they just happen to be here, you know, for the grand reopening. We had people that were helping. We had customers that were helping other customers right. find books and make recommendations and, and 
push sales and, and it was uh it's a dream come true because that is. that means you've it's a community well and you means you've done your job well enough where you've equipped your own customers to be able to, to talk with other customers you know and um yeah it, it was and every day since then has been just nothing but you know a smaller version of that we don't have the the line when we open up in the morning mm-hmm. but um you know the customers that we have coming in are the, the customers are talking to one another and enjoying each other and um, helping each other find things and it's just been well here, this location has really blossomed and then the building owner came in not once not twice but three times on free comic book day and all three yeah. times made sure to tell one of us how excited and impressed he is with what we've done with it how family focused and friendly it is and just how excited he is to see the energy return to this building that it makes it a buzz. Oh, I think there's more energy here than there ever has been. Right. But at the same time, you know, I think for him, we he he had been in the old store when we were getting all this stuff ironed out. But really, if you're if you're a layman to this industry and, and you don't really like comic books, there's a, a market people for still that. buy those things, right? And we get that. I mean, our our UPS guy, we love him, and but he's been delivering books to us now for. Four decade. years, well, and, and then to Chris, yeah, before yeah. us, and he still goes, man, I can't believe like you, there's the market for like you guys got you know twenty twenty five boxes this week. He's like, there's a market for this. I don't know, like, there still is. You yep. know, it's not going anywhere. Um, no, then so we have a FedEx the, driver that brings his wife and his kids in. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, but then like you're saying with with the owner, uh, the building owner, he, I, I still don't think until he saw what we had here on free comic day which coincided with the grand reopening just what the what the reach of this kind of a business is yeah. i'm not saying the reach of our business in particular but i just mean the reach of what i think something like that legitimizes the entire hobby for, for yeah. someone like him who has no idea no what exposure it is. to it really. exactly right yeah so it was great mm-hmm. so that was the grand reopen it was it went really well i mean it was mm-hmm. It was the perfect, uh, kind of the perfect cap on what essentially had had been, at the very least for me, probably a straight month and a half of no days off and everything just uh, being done in anticipation of the move. And it was finally done and it was over with and it went well and... uh, I think I slept better that night than I had in I don't know how long. Yeah, those three hours were great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that very clearly that that next you that went Sunday, in, yep. I, I ended up going in later, yep. which was nice. But um, No, so it, everything's been great. Everything's been been good. I mean, we're not, um, unfortunately, we're not millionaires or anything, but we're, uh, you know, we're getting there and uh, we're not really getting there. But well, I'm just we, saying we're, we're doing... We're doing well. Business yeah. is doing what is doing what we had wanted it to do. Well, and the good thing too is we had there wasn't a lull in collections coming in, but well, some were getting a little bit smaller and whatnot. And we were kind of like, man, we're gonna have more space. We got to fill them. Well, bang, 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 just like that, they started well, walking in the door. Yeah, and we have. I think it's important to note that we have plenty of product as far as back issues go, back catalog books. Oh yeah, in the back room. But you always like to have a nice, healthy. Oh stock. yeah, absolutely. But we ha- we have a ton of it. But the one thing that we don't necessarily have, and this is something that we're still working on, we're getting new. We just just um, yeah, it is Wednesday. <laughs> just yesterday, 
I had I went to the bookstore that's in town, and they had contacted us about taking some old fixtures that they had, um, that were just kind of cluttering up their back room. So we went over, got got those, um, and we're still you know we're still getting new fixtures. We're yeah. still I'm I'm going to be hopefully in the next couple of weeks buying pallet racking to line the entire back room, um, and then. There's, there's no, you know, one, we're not done. We're still working oh, no, on it. We're going to get new back issue bins. We're going to get more back issue more bins. More back we're gonna issue get, bins, yep. We're going to get a lot of stuff. It's We're going to keep going and going and going with it, making it the best that it could be. Yep. We're not all of a sudden done. You know, there's still a lot of work to do, and that's what we're trying to get across is that. Um, we're systematically reinvesting in areas of the store that we want to upgrade. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's certain priorities and then there's an order of those priorities and we're going kind of in that priority order and um you know bit by bit we're continuing to build out more and more yeah it's cool because we are (coughs) both friends with um different store owners in different areas and some in milwaukee some in madison and i i know a lot of these guys and and you at the very least know one of the guys in milwaukee um and we talk about the market and we talk about uh you know how how's our business doing how's their business doing and the nice thing for us at least right now is we have such a different market than the guys in madison have and a different market than the guys in milwaukee have that it's like every every time we discuss a certain uh we we just said big a big release like the fourth of july when uh, last week when we had you know Batman 50 and Captain America 1 and a lot of big books that came out it's so different that there's not really any you know you, I, I, we couldn't take what works for the guys in Madison and what works for the guys in Milwaukee and what works for us and apply it to any of the other stores because no. they're so different completely different and, markets and when we you know if you're if you're listening to this and you ever want to open a store um what we're doing is is great for us. That's why we're doing it. But yeah, and again, we're sharing that wisdom with you. Use it as you will, but don't yeah. take it as a, a Bible prescription of what to do. But again, we we so we know somebody else who moved a store recently, and um, they moved. They had their reopen the same day we did, which was amazing. And they're a smaller. They went from like I think four hundred square feet to a thousand, something like that. And uh, but but they're. But where they're located in Madison, they have an unbelievable amount of foot traffic now. Where like a thousand square feet for them is like this this six thousand square feet is for us, where they can you know, they're having a, a huge amount of growth that they didn't necessarily that I'm sure they had hoped for, but they didn't anticipate as soon as to happen as soon as it happened. Um, so it's really it's really interesting seeing what happened with them in Madison, what's happening with us. And then our friend in Milwaukee, uh, we know that if everything goes according to plan towards the end of the year, he's going to be almost doubling, doubling. Um, there, there is whatever people are saying about the comic book market right now, there are stores that are going under. We know that we see them on bleeding cool. We see them on other sites, but, um, the people that we know are doing well. And I think that there's, I'm seeing a healthy comic market. I'm seeing more enthusiasm right now 
Well, and it, I will say that in the Milwaukee market, what I've heard, kind of the, uh, the again, not to tell tales out of school, but the word on the street is that there's a couple of stores that are kind of waning in their customer service. And so people are seeking out these other ones. But there's new customers coming in, and the market is adjusting. Mm-hmm. People are... Um, there's new people coming in, but also existing customers are finding a new depth of enjoyment in the hobby. So people who maybe for the last five, ten years have been buying new books are starting to build enough of a uh, a relationship with characters that they want to go back and find back issues or trades. Sure. And so we're starting to see you know those twenty five dollar weekly comic purchases. You know maybe getting to thirty five, forty dollars a couple times a month and. Um, that that's one of those things that just kind of slowly helps the engine and we don't i mean we would love if everybody came in and dropped 500 bucks but that's not going to happen so you know you just you take that and you roll with it and you give them good guidance on product and i think regardless of how you set up your store whether it's you know new issues back issues a mix gaming whatever as long as you're knowledgeable enough to promote what are by and large quality runs quality pieces of of um, comics work that give them a foothold, they'll explore the fringes and find what else suits them. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, I mean, I the only reason I bring all that stuff up is I think it's a, I think it's a great capstone on our, on what, what we've been able to do. We're, we're sandwiched to the east and, and to the west by comic book stores that are, that are, if not thriving, that are darn near thriving. I mean, right. And, and some of which, some of which are thriving. Yeah. And there are um, these are stores where they're they need more space because they need more. Got to get more they, product. They got to get more product out, or they have new product lines that they want to bring in that people are asking for. Yep. It, but it's to me, it looks like it's organic growth. I don't see mm-hmm. this as being gimmick driven. I don't see. I don't see this as being the guys that we know are not adding. 2,000 square feet on to load it up with Funko Pops. Right. You know, they're, they're right. putting out product that people want. They're putting out more back issues. They're putting out more wall books. They're putting and out more dollar books. It's not like they books. can be expanding just for Doomsday Clock. No. No. <laughs> so, the again, we can kind of finish off this whole line of, of uh, discussion <coughs> by saying that in our general area, in Madison, in Milwaukee, yeah. The areas that we can speak to, uh, the one guy I know in Chicago, that's a tough market. Yeah. That's a tough market Very in competitive market. But he's doing well. I think there are... I mean, there's like 47 Grand Cracker comics alone down there. <laughs> there's a lot of them. And there's, one in, and there's one in Madison. There's one but, in Madison. Um, it's, it's weird how, again, every, every little success story that we are hearing in the comics market is different, but they're all success stories with the people that we know. Right, or at least the people that we've uh, developed relationships with, and and people will call us and they'll say, "Hey, I'm looking for this recent book. Do you have it?" Um, that are our customers, and by and large, if we don't have it, we'll say, "Well, I'll tell you what. Give me a chance to reach out to our, you know, kind of our customer group um, mm-hmm. or a customer group, our store group, and see if anybody else has it." And and we trade stock, and the publishers they prefer that you do that if you can't get it from Diamond anymore because at least you're getting the product into the hands of people that want it. And, um, you know, we've cultivated that with three, four stores now. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, they all go through us at this point. But, you know, it's really one of those things where um, 
not only have we set up a community inside the store, we've set up a community of stores mm-hmm. that we kind of we scratch each other's back. I mean, and it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, we're not out to cannibalize. We're not going up to Madison to try and steal their customers. We're not going down to Milwaukee to try and steal no, theirs. We certainly people, as heck aren't going up to Green Bay we to were, steal theirs. We were at a show in Madison, and somebody came up to us and asked, and uh, yeah, I get why this. some people would tell us this isn't a smart move, but somebody said that they there were a couple of books they wanted, and they wanted to open a pull list with us. And we said, well, are you, are you planning to come in like you know, every week? Or they're like, yeah, I want to pick my books up weekly. We said, well, we actually aren't from Madison. We live in Oconomowoc. Or our store's in Oconomowoc. I do live in Oconomowoc. But, uh, so, so, you know, that's going to be, are you planning on making an hour drive, two-hour drive, drive round trip to get every books? week? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't know that. Like, where are you going to want to go is down there to these guys that we know. Yep. And talk to them about starting a pull list and we i yeah and i know somebody could say well you, you should have opened a mail order whatever i mean the person wants to go into the to a comic shop they're gonna we get talked about yeah that and if they're gonna get three books it's not cost effective to do a mail order for that right so we in that instance we'd rather give the business to the guys that we know and we like and the guys that we know are um are gonna represent the comic industry in a positive light and aren't gonna be the uh right they're not gonna be pushy they're not going to force people onto things they're not going to um you know take they're not going to take these people for a ride they're going to treat them the right way they're going to offer them the same service they would anybody else and you know we we had that a couple of times and vice versa they did the same thing to us there was somebody that was from down in our area or whatever that was interested in opening a poll list and they said well it'd be closer if you went to those guys down at the end and they came over and Mm -hmm. you know so it's in that was the same group actually so just to tell you how friendly we us comic folk are, um, this other store had missed the deadline to get a spot at that convention, and uh, we ended up having a double or triple spot, you know, something yeah, much larger. And uh, they had said, "Yeah, we're not going to be able to make it." And we said, "Well, you know, we can kind of scrunch up a little bit if you want, you know, half of one of our spots because they didn't they don't bring an excessive amount of stuff." And they were like, "If you're willing to do that, you know, we." you know, reimbursed for what space we use. And it actually worked out perfect. They were just about to start moving in when the guy that was kind of running everything said, oh, these guys called and canceled. Do you want their spot? And uh, so they just snuck right in and had that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, it's good to have that network because you never know when you're going to need it or when uh, when it can pay dividends. We've we've uh, reaped the benefits of people sending collections to us mm-hmm. because either the volume was too much for them to handle because we've got – one store that has one employee and she doesn't have the time and capacity to go through and process a collection while processing her diamond orders and her games workshop orders and everything else. And so she just... And they do a ton of gaming too. Yeah. I think I think it'd be safe to say that they do more gaming than they do comics. comics. Yeah. So. And so she just said, kindly says, you know, you're going to want to take those to Oconomowoc, Calabunga, those guys will take care of you. They'll give you the best prices around. Um, you know, so it's just been one of those things where you... We've built up great relationships, and well, and again, and we're seeing that rising tide. Yep. Um, it it is weird when you look at. I always, whenever I I go to, and I mean, everybody reads Bleeding Cool. I, I there's interesting stuff on there, you know. Post decent stories, but whenever I go it's to good it, clickbait. It is good clickbait, but when you go to it and you see that the newest story uh, in the comic section is that. Uh, this store wherever closes, I get that there are things that there are outside factors that can uh, 
Well, and there are inside factors. So a couple of the stores that have closed, I've had the privilege of going to. And I know why they closed. Their prices are astronomical. Their service is not very good. I mean, Well, yeah, but sometimes it's something like um, you have... uh, Somebody has a terrible health issue, you know, or the... Yeah, you can't fix that. No, you can't. You have to do what's right for you. At the end of the day, it's just a business. Right. But I I see a lot of stores closing, and I understand that that's... uh, People are quick to point and and yell doom at at the comic industry right now. and I'm not seeing that. At least I'm not seeing that in Wisconsin. No, and certainly not for, you know, quality, well-run establishments. Someday... I hope. Let's move on from this and talk about uh, the other big topic. The other big thing you wanted to go into. No one's really talking about it, so I figured we should. And it's this whole DC Comics versus the retailers misconception. I think that's out there. Um, Over the last month or so, there's been a couple of things that have come out from DC that have ruffled feathers. Some some retailers getting very upset. Other retailers just kind of going with the flow. Um... You know, I don't know which one do you want to start with. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to do the laundry list of all of them. I think. Uh, well, let's go with. If we were to go in order here, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I want to start before the big obvious one with the fact that DC has been trying a lot of really cool. You know, DC is a company that, ever since Rebirth, at the very least. They have tried to stay away from gimmicks. You've had some things that you would consider a gimmick, like the the button you know, lenticulars and things like that. And But you know what? They were done well, and they sold a hell yeah. of a lot of books. Yeah. And I wish we had ordered ten times what we did, because we yep. could have sold them all. But what happened was DC tried to be, especially with, with Rebirth, they tried to move away from things like incentive variants. They tried to move away from... Uh, anything that was, you know, Marvel style with order 275% of whatever of this book and you open up the ability to order this particular book. Their rebirth covers were all A or B covers. You can yep. get the regular cover or you get an open to order variant cover. And we loved it. We would order, you know, if there was, uh, say, Harley Quinn, whatever, uh, we'd order a couple copies of the B cover because it's open to order and, and we would usually sell them. And we absolutely loved the way that DC was handling the ability to get their product into a consumer's hands. Um, the problem was, it didn't matter that they were doing this since they started Rebirth, Marvel was still kicking their butts. Mm-hmm. Marvel would, would win in dollars, uh, dollars and, and market share. Yep. and Units. Market, yeah, units sold. And Marvel was still playing their old tricks and and their their tricks that work which is why they do them and and we 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 are just as complicit in uh yep. their success as anyone else's when we first started we kind of moaned and groaned about having to play the game a little bit but we've learned we've learned how the rules work oh yeah and we've learned how not only can we survive but we can thrive using what marvel gives us and there's been other retailers that will gripe and complain, and another retailer in particular will kind of take them to task and show them the math and say, it's not really that hard if you actually think about it. Um, and, and so, yeah, we are. We're complicit in it. But, again, 
it works. Mm-hmm. I um, I think that the the real big issue is after after um, a continued two year three year walloping by Marvel, DC they did this very quick course correction where all of a sudden, and I think they started it, oh, what was the book that started it? Was it, was it Man of Steel? You know, it, it, it was... Um, Justice League 20... It was Justice League. Something? I think it was Justice League where they had, um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a Jim Lee. DC did for like the first time in years that I can remember, uh, a Mead Irk Seed... And I think it was Justice League. It was a meter exceed your order of whatever, and you can order all you want of this Jim Lee variant. Furthermore, there was like a 1 in 500, a 1 in 250, and a 1 in 100 variant. And um, it didn't, it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it seemed to be very against type for DC because for the longest time they had kind of railed against those order manipulation tactics and all of a sudden they were doing them and i also if i am correct those weren't even on the initial order i think they only announced those by foc which meant that somebody had some backroom meeting where they were like we got to do something yeah the numbers are bad um what they don't and and now they did some other things like action 1001 that's coming out uh in a couple of weeks i think has a one in 100 the Justice League. A number of have, books have one in one hundreds now. Yeah, Justice League had a one in one hundred. Um, every issue does. the The difference is, they're they're going. DC has gone. They've basically done a, a one eighty over the yeah. course of like a month, where they went from being an extremely retailer friendly, open to order um, manufacturer, and and why they didn't, you know, out of any anything. They didn't do this for Doomsday Clock. We would have put if there's a one in one hundred for Doomsday Clock, we would have upped our order and and ordered a ton of incentives. You know, they they missed the boat on that one. Yep. But now they're throwing these incentive covers out for books that, to be honest with you, we're not even going to come close to matching the numbers for. Right. And the other thing that they're doing wrong is Marvel. Well, there's two other things they're doing wrong besides that. Marvel. Again, this is wrong from our view based on how we have found that we can make the best profit. And I I have heard a counter-argument to this, which I'll bring up. That Marvel, if they do, let's say Marvel's got a 1 in 100. Well, they're also going to do the 1 in 25 and the 1 in 50. Because if you order 100 copies of a book, now you can try to sell the 4 1 in 25s and the 2 1 in 50s and the 1 in 100 to get your money back. To offset the extra however many you bought. Right. DC is only doing these 1 in 100s. Right. And the other, the other big issue, and, and the counter-argument to that is that the way that DC is doing it is how it should be done, where they're taking these uh, things that are supposed to be a special cover, and they're making them that much harder to get. Instead of saturating the market with these covers, they're making them. Right. It is a 1 in 100 that there's nothing else to, to make it easier for a retailer to get. You have to order 100 copies for it. I don't... I don't know how I feel about that line of thinking, but uh, the other thing is that they're not. This is not original content on the covers. This isn't what Marvel's doing, where they're getting Delato or they're getting Art Germ 
and they're making a, a one in one hundred that's a very desirable right. cover. They're taking a Jim Lee cover and they're just making it a Pencils. Jim Lee yeah. black and white pencil cover. Now the and, last books that DC did that had pencil variants in re- of recent uh, recent modern books were um, the New Fifty Two Batman Capullo black and whites that were one in two hundreds or one in two fifties, and those accumulated some significant value for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry. I mean, Jim Lee is a wonderful person and obviously a very talented artist. But his inks covers just aren't, they're not moving the needle like they used to. Well, they're not, but to. again, the, the issue is it's not original content. Right. And, and not only is it not original content, but there's not a middle ground variant to make you say, I can reach... To get this one in one hundred, or in the case of Justice League, a one in five hundred. Right. So if we did the Justice League one in five hundred, yes, we would have had five one in one hundreds, two of the, the one in two fifties, and one of the one in five hundreds. But if they would have had a one in fifty, we would have had ten of those that would have made it that much easier to make the money back. I, I don't think. And now, and here's the other thing that, um, and I don't feel bad talking about it because I know that it's been on a lot of the. Um, message boards now that are, are public message boards, not retailer only. A lot of people, a lot of the retailers that ordered their DC variants did not get them. Yep. Because the way that DC, A, fed it into the... Diamond system. to di- The diamond system last minute. And B, when it went into FOC, it did not have any ordering criteria affixed to it. So if you were just doing your FOC on your computer and you had no idea that they or- that, that DC added a... One, one in 100 Justice League variant. You just saw Justice League number one, Justice League number one, Jim Lee, Jim Lee variant, Justice League number one, Jim, Jim Lee, Lee pencil variant, pencil or inks variant or whatever. And you might go, oh, well, that'll be great. I'll, I'll get 10, 10 of those. those. Exactly. You have no idea. It's kind of scary that we said the same number. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like we order things together. <laughs> I know. So a lot of people all of a sudden were like, I ordered this and I didn't get it. Well, yeah, it was a one in 100. Well, I didn't order 100. Okay. Where was that? Well, and now, yeah, so that's technically... It's on the retailer to do their due diligence. Right, you click on the title, you open up the page, you tell them. But where it is not on the retailer is with what happened today with Titans issue, what is it, 23 or something? Yes. 23, 25, where DC said that it was a 1 in 25. It was originally put in as a 1 in 100. Yep. Diamond has it in their system as a 1 in 100. Yep. So all of the stores that reached to order a 1 in 25, Mm -hmm. I can't say all. But the majority of them, because again, we're only going to hear from the most vocal right. of people that didn't of retailers that did not get their cover. But today, there have been an unbelievable amount of retailers that ordered twenty five or fifty or one hundred and yeah. got one zero copy or one or zero. Yeah, correct. And they were saying that, and I remember somebody saying posting some retailers saying that, for like for Justice League. He'd ordered 400 copies or something, and they had just never sent out his his Jim Lees. And that by the time um, Diamond finally figured out what was going on, they said that they were out of stock on them. Right, because what happens is the print order is set on FOC. Diamond's system is intelligent enough to say whatever that threshold is, that's what the legitimate order is. So we could go in and put 5,000 of that one in 25, but if we don't order 25 copies, mm-hmm. we're not getting a one. So if you put in 25, but in the system it said 1 in 100, you're not getting it, regardless of how many you put down. If you put down 4, you're getting 0 because you didn't hit that number. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the total 
possible accrued amount is what's reported to the printer, and then there's a set percentage of overage for damages and shortages, and I'm assuming it's in the 10 to 15% range, just based on how quickly we go out of stock on DC and Marvel in particular. Yeah. Um, so what you're seeing is, I got actually another gripe about some of this stuff with the printing. But anyways, uh, so what you're seeing is these guys didn't get the book that should have, calling in and saying, I didn't get it. Oh, we're out of stock. Back order. How am I going to get it? Well, we're not doing another printing of it, so you're just not going to get it. Yeah. Some of these stores have pre-sold this book and now I have to give money back. Well, some, and here's the worst part. It's, if you pre-sold the book to a customer in the store, you've got that human interaction where you can explain to them what happened. Right. Show them the emails. If you sold it to somebody on eBay. You're toast. You know, they're, I, I hate to say it, but they're well within their rights to go, I ordered this book. They never got it to me. It's not the fault of the retailer at all. Right. But they're going to take the hit. They are. And um, that is one, one gripe I have with DC is that they don't, they're not going back and reprinting anything. Like no, with, with Marvel, yeah. they sell through. They'll do a you know a ten or fifteen thousand reprint of things like this past FOC that closed on Monday. I think there's like six or seven books that are going back to second printing, mm-hmm. and they've already got this lined up before you know. Like we're hearing about it. Well, the week after yeah, but Mar- see, Marvel is smart in that you heard it here. They folks. know. <laughs> well, they know that you're not buying that second print because it's a second print, and you couldn't get the right. first one. You, I would guarantee you that 95% There's a good of amount the, of people buying it for... Well, 95% of a book that they report as being sold out is still going to be in stock on the shelves of comic stores by the time the second print comes out. So if we order a second print variant of Doctor Strange number one, when we saw 20 on the shelf, we're not doing that because there's a huge demand for Doctor Strange number one. We're doing it because it's a variant. Variant cover. So it's really, it's Marvel figuring out how they can get. But there are times where they've done second prints of things that sold out that people wanted. So like uh, Miss Marvel 32 or whatever it was. That was yeah. a book that it, it's predominantly in that same sale range every month. But it's but a second it, print variant. It's a second print and they changed the cover so that right. there's something else. So people that want it are going to want it. Plus people that want to be completists are going to want it. So... They're at least providing more content. Well, what, they are, what, but what, one thing that you... Here's something that I... I don't know if you caught this, and I don't know if your average listener is going to have any way of knowing this until it actually, the first one hits, but I, I can't even remember what title it was because I didn't even think of this before we recorded, but Marvel's got a book coming out that is going to second print that is having two variant covers. Yep. There's a second print... It's got one variant and a second print that's got like a Wolverine variant. So they're they're doing variant covers on what's already a second print variant. Mm-hmm. And that to me says that they know exactly the game they're playing yep. with their second prints. And those second prints are historically low mm-hmm. because it's an FOC thing. And we know that there's a good number of retailers that don't use FOC. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's a yeah. old man. Ugh. I don't know. We just entire spent here? an hour and a half talking about what's matter, but uh, <laughs> no, I think with the D, with the DC, um, the variant game now variant thing that they're doing, the biggest issue that I heard of was, and, and this is I we'll just move on to the second topic. Um, what happened with Batman Fifty? Yeah, of course. Oof. The way that it was handled on the way that it was ha- it was handled as far as leaking the story to the New York Times 
I totally understand why they did that. Oh, sure, the, sure. The, it makes sense. I think the biggest... Should we explain why? Yeah. You want me sure. to do a real quick synopsis? Yeah, go ahead. So with big event books, the first one to publish the news feels like the hero. And with uh, DC big number books, there's a lot of stores that do exclusive variants. When you buy your exclusive variants, you end up, in most cases, getting your books early because there's printer demand and things like that. So a lot of the stores that got Batman 50 exclusive variants, the books shipped out from the printers two days ahead of when books were shipping out from Diamond. Meaning if you normally got your shipment on a Tuesday, you were receiving your shipment on Saturday, Mm -hmm. maybe even Friday, depending. And so this was partly due to the fact that people were going to have books in hand and DC wanted... They wanted to spoil their own news. They didn't want a retailer potentially to spoil it. But DC took it a step further. They didn't even let their sales staff know what the content of the book was. So the people that James and I talked to, when we have questions about things, were not allowed to know the story of the book until that New York Times article released. Well, and it, so there, there's a lot. And there's a whole lot more, but that's the high more, level. But I think that the... The biggest issue, the the New York Times thing, I think, annoyed a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that that is what set people off as much as DC build the story. Now, you said they kept it secret from the sales team that we know. Um, Imagine how, if you were a retailer... Now, DC, just like Marvel, makes certain certain, uh, books open... To and getting then, retailer variants, yep, where you can get and and we technically can't divulge what the print run on these books are, um, but it's you can figure it out. Your UPS you can, man gains a little muscle mass. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's a large number, and if you know how to use the computer, you can figure it out. Um, what happens is though, you have to figure. Now they don't let the sales team know what's going on. The solicitations, all of the advertisements for the story for the last however many months, months from have since talked, issue twenty four. It's the 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 bat the comic uh, event, the matrimony, the matrimony, the bat cat wedding, the event of the year. So you name it. your um, I don't know. Let's let's make up a name. Um, your lazy dog comics, and uh, you go. You know what? This is going to be a huge book. It's the the marriage of Batman and Catwoman. We are going to do. Our own, uh, we're going to do our own cover, and I'm going to make up a number here. Let's pretend as a retailer, totally pretend, that you have to order, I don't know, 5,000 copies of a certain book, of a certain cover. Totally pretend. Can we make it now, like 5,200? Because 52? Yeah. Well, let's stick with 5,000. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a better number to play pretend with. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to just pretend that. You're going to have, the first thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to commission an artist to do your original cover yep now what are you going to be using it's not like this artist is going to have any more insight into the into the content of the book than you are right so all you know to go off of to create this cover is what dc has told you it's going to be the wedding of catwoman and batman yep. so you get what did they have 80 80 retailer covers for the book some huge amount a very high number so these retailers commission artists that some might be a thousand, some might be five thousand. It 
who knows what the cost is. Yep. Um, and there are some beautiful covers out there. There are some incredible ones. Yeah. But the the cover that they're making is and commissioning the artist to paint, to draw, whatever, is based on this information that's given that there will be the wedding, that they will get married. They called it the patrimony. Now you, you go through, uh, again, this, this fake number of ordering 5,000 copies of a certain book. Um, you've got to commission an artist, and even let's just say that you get uh, Middleton or one of these uh, artists that is you know, relatively top tier, not, not just the guy that you know that lives down the street that, that does deviant art, Prince of Cons. You get somebody who's a known, who's a name. You're going to be in this after shipping and everything else. You're going to be in this for between anywhere from you know, twelve to 15000 maybe more, yep. if you get a top-tier named artist. That means that you can't just count on having a total sell-through of your, your full number of 5000 What you're going to do is you're going to sell your book for anywhere from 12 to $25. You may split the run of that 5000 books up and go, I'm going to do 3000 Standard regular eight. cover. I'm going to do a thousand black and white, and I'm going to do a thousand virgin cover. And I'm going to sell a set for seventy dollars, and I'm going to sell, you know, this the A cover for twenty dollars. Oh, and every and, time you add a cover, you got a new plate charge. Sure. And I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to do this in in such a way where I know that there's not a chance in hell that I can sell five thousand copies of a book, but maybe I can sell a thousand. And if I sell a thousand copies of a book and an average of twenty dollars a book, I'm making money. And I'm getting uh, a store variant that's gonna get our name out there, you're gonna get a lot of cool PR because of it, you're gonna get something that's a unique item that you can sell because this is gonna be a huge wedding event that's that people Everyone's are gonna want. Everyone's gonna in, want it's in, a seminal issue in any right. Batman run now. In perpetuity it's gonna go on. It's gonna be like the amazing Spider Man annual like a where Death in the Family. Something like that. Um and so you you commit or you commission this artist to do a picture of them married or a picture of them saying their vows or whatever it is. Well, all of a sudden the news leaks, and this cover that you've just spent an incredible amount of money to get, you've probably been pre-selling it for two months since you got the first glimpse of the art that you can show to the public. Uh, it does not reflect the content. Now normally. That's fine. If you do a variant cover, how often these days does a variant actually reflect the content of the book? Almost never. However, in this instance, the the cover of the book matching the content is an extremely... I mean, that's the whole point of this book. Right. People aren't buying it because it's a cool-looking cover. They're buying it because it's a cover depicting this wedding that's supposed to have taken place inside. So, all this to say, the retailer outrage that we have seen... And there has been a lot of it. And we, we're, we're privy to seeing this. We like to keep our mouths shut on these boards. We, yep, we never we really were observers. In. But what we've seen has been uh, just vitriol and anger, people feeling betrayed by DC, yep. that you told us this was going to happen. And Two not decades you, of goodwill gone in and one not day. Only did you t- but here's the big thing. Not only did you tell us that this was going to happen, you stood by and watched and let us commission this cover that has a... A scene that'll never happen. A scene that does not actually happen in the book. And on top of that, not only did you let us commission this cover, we have spent 
a thousand dollars in advertising. Sure. Uh, we're doing a midnight release, and we're, we've got a three tier wedding cake that's been purchased for this event. Higher, and on top of it, we got cosplayers. We to have renew cosplayers. Their vows, and we even have. There's there's been multiple cases of people that had actual literal weddings that were going to happen in their stores. And so here you are Monday, two days before the book release, that the wedding doesn't happen. And these, literally, there were shop owners on these boards saying, um, should I be calling these people and canceling their wedding? I, eh, what do you, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. I think that, and that's all, that's all. Um, Had we known what was going to be in the book, would we have ordered as much as we did? Probably not quite as high, but we would have still add, ordered higher than normal. You know, here's what... Okay, so here's what Thankfully we Thankfully, did. we didn't go as high as some people. No, we did not. <laughs> um, we reached to get a couple of the variant. Right. And we and we so we, we had pre-sold the variant. Yep. Uh, we sold enough. We made money on Batman 50. We followed through on our obligations, and yes, we made money. We made money on Batman 50. We did not make as much as we thought we were going to make. Right. We we did not take a bath. Right. We did not break even. We are ahead. And that is how we tend to buy things regardless. We we sell, we buy what we know we can be profitable on. Yeah. So I wish that they, you know, I wish there would have been another outcome. There's been so much, there's been so many different um, ways that people have kind of come at this, this whole event. Uh, there have been people blaming Tom King. There have been people blaming... And he was not happy. No, he was His not... His response on well, Twitter Tom should be enough. Tom King was not happy that the New York Times thing happened. Right. But there have been a lot of people blaming him. And I'm not blaming him at all. I'm just saying that this is what a lot of people are saying. People are blaming, blaming Tom King for sitting by for the last two months as the book was billed as something that it wasn't going to be. And he came out and he said from the beginning, I have a 100-issue run. Yeah. Right, so... So, anyways, yeah. people are blaming him. People are blaming uh, a certain a certain person at DC for the way that it was handled. Uh, people are uh, retailers are not happy about this, and right now, and usually that's anger that's been directed on the Marvel boards for the last couple right. of years. So and this is an interesting tide shift. So right now, what you're getting, you're getting a ton of, and again, this is all. If this was just on. This this one board, we would probably just let Sleeping Dogs lie. But this is everywhere. It's on Bleeding Cool. It's on Comics Beat. It's everywhere. It was a Rama. And, and people are, retailers, are yelling at DC saying, what you solicited the book at as does not match the content of the book. And therefore, Diamond has the right to make to, this returnable. And we need to make this book returnable. And if you are in for $15,000 for your store variant, Imagine, and you know you're going to sell a thousand and have four thousand left over. Sure, that's bully. Return those four thousand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but the other so one of the other big complaints um, on this store variant topic were from people that said the day that the New York Times broke, which was on, on a Sunday, that that story broke, um, they had half of their eBay pre-sales canceled. Canceled. And they had people coming in the people, store that had right. prepaid asking for their money back. And they said we lost like half of our sales in a day, half yep. of our pre-sales. Well, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yep. And if you had, if you were counting on not just the pre-sales, but you were counting on a, a projected sell-through of X, and all of a sudden you're not going to hit that, 
that outlay of cash, that's an unbelievable amount of money that you for for a business like this to not make back. You're going to be sitting on so much product that right now, you know, do I think that Batman 50 should be made returnable? I can't say. Would it be good for us if we so, could take our 30 extra copies that we have on the shelf right now and return them? Sure. But do, but should it be made returnable? You can make an argument both ways. You, you can't. Well, that's what it is. You can't. And, and I, I will take the stance of yes. But I would take a stance of yes with some sort of a threshold. So 50% are returnable or something like that. Because I feel like... Um, it is a seminal event book. Well, or do it something like 50% returnability. Yeah. Where you get, not that you can only return half of the book, but you can return the book at half cost mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I see I see that being a possible middle ground. I certainly, you know, so really the person who, the person, the entity that makes the decision in this case is not DC. It's Diamond. Mm-hmm. Because Diamond has a contract with DC and in their contract, same as with Marvel and whoever else, in black and white, it spells out if the content of the book is opposite of what is, or is not representative of what is solicited, Diamond has all rights to make the book returnable and therefore bill back to DC mm-hmm. their lost dollars. So it's really in Diamond's court. Now, how much of that well, is I, driven by I Diamond? See, I don't know. See, and it's so weird because I did see on... This is why I think this is something that we, we haven't really dealt with before in the comic. At least since market. we've been this deep in. Right. But maybe even not uh, at all because I saw an incredibly long debate on a certain message board that came down to these guys. I mean, it, we're talking people writing Yeah, what looked like uh, actual thesis. Two or three writing times. Writing about yeah. arguing the definition of marriage or the definition of a, I mean, not marriage, of a wedding. Yep. And that uh, well, strict... The, he got the strict stood up def- at the altar. No, they're saying that, like, you know, well, strict, there's, there is no uh, there is no actual definition of what batrimony is. Well, of course there's not. I mean, it's a play on words. So these guys, it was, it was like watching uh, a John Grisham yep. uh, slap, movie about lawyers slap fighting over, over comic books. Where all of these people are making these these weird cases about how it's going to come down to strange definitions of words used in the original solicit to decide if something's going to be returnable or not. When it comes down to something like that, it doesn't matter the content of... You know somebody screwed up when you have to have guys that are like basically lawyers arguing over how you wrote this solicit out yeah that's a screw up that's and, a mistake you know again for us is it a big deal at the end of the day no we we made money not as much as we could have but we made money you do i i do feel a little bit for those retailers who went all out for these events and did x y and z blindly assuming that what they were told was going to happen uh-huh. and you know that's an awkward position to be in now we have we done any midnight releases? I don't think we have. Never, and I and I don't know if we will. But yeah, and it's just not something that for us would move the needle. And no, in, in our it's a lot of it is because of our area. We're not yeah. really in a metro area, right? Well, now, one thing I want to so I have reached out 
to a couple of these stores that were the most vocal regarding uh, how they want to be able to return their books and DC betrayed them. We're talking about the people that you don't have to be on a retailer board to know who we're talking about. They're Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, And I said, hey, uh, just reaching out from a store in Wisconsin, I see that, uh, you know, I I saw your uh, discussion about say complaining or whining, but I say discussion about uh, what happened with your Batman 50 cover um, and, and wanting to get full returnability. So we're, we're guessing now with, with them, they're probably paying, what, about a, oh, it was a four ninety nine issue? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So they're probably paying about two, <coughs> anywhere from 2 to two thirty, maybe 2 50 but if they're able to order Depending that, on they're the probably artist. not. Right. Their, their cost is probably about two, anywhere from 2 to two fifty an issue. So if they want full returnability, well, they're not getting their artist commission feedback. Right, that's they're, sold they're either They're simply going to get the the return on their cost per issue. Now, if you add that up, it's a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. But I said, I reached up, I reached out to a bunch of these places, and I said, uh, so you're looking for re- full returnability? Uh, I would be more than happy to ca- to purchase some of your covers from you at cover price that we could sell in our store. And of course, if we bought a, one of their variants at $5, we're going to bag it and board it and put it out for probably 10 because we've got a cool variant for, that another, another store did. Um, no one ever got back to me. Now, I know that if I were complaining, talking about how I would be happy to just get 2 to 250 a book back and somebody says, I'll buy a bunch of your books for $5, I wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. I'd say, tell me how many you want. I'll get them out immediately. Which told me, it kind of told me, uh, my gut feeling was a lot of these guys are totally full of crap and that they're... It's an opportunity to get their name out there. It's an op. No, it's an opportunity to return, as you'd said, the 3,000 copies they know they're not going to sell anyways. Mm -hmm. But when, when the rubber meets the road and somebody says, I'll pay you... More than double what you are arguing for DC to give you back if you sell me 30 of your covers. They're not going to do it. Yep. They'd rather sit there and get 20 bucks a piece for them. So I I think a lot of the they loudest... They take their ball and go home. Right. I think a lot of these loudest complainers that are out there about this, this book that are fighting for returnability, I'm more than happy to buy a bunch of copies from them at cover price. They're not going to lose money. They're going to make money. Yep. Um, but they never get back. No one's ever gotten back to me about it. So I tend to think that a lot of these guys, they are they are full of it. Should we go on to the other big item? Uh, there's a couple, but go ahead. Should we talk about Wally World? Yeah, for sure. We happen to have in our hot little mitts copies of Superman and Batman, the 100-page giants from Walmart that were... Uh, Sent to us by one of our customers, Chris, because the Walmart directly down the street from us did not have them, and the other one that I was able to check out, I could not get them. And uh, Chris was kind enough to get these two and send them to us after he had a chance to read them. And, um, boy, there was a lot said about the the Walmart stuff. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of discussion on both sides. There was discussion that, you know, this is killing retailers, it's taking customers away, and then there was discussion of this is a new avenue and a new market, and clearly retailers aren't moving the needle in the comics market. 
So this is a smart move by DC to get their product into a new market that could help move the needle and get more people reading comics. So where the heck do you start with that? Well, it's not... We, we ultimately came up with a solution, by the way. So... It's more... <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many angles in this whole argument. and The big one being that DC is... DC is taking... They're really their two biggest names at the moment, Tom King and Brian Bendis. And they are, you know, they had, they, they had posters that said Bendis is coming and you'd buy, uh, you'd buy a, a DC book and it would, it would have a, which is a play on the old, you know what that's a play on, right? DC or Bendis is coming. Yeah. It's the old Kirby is yeah. coming. Uh, when he jumped on and did the fourth world and commanding and everything. Came over from Marvel. Right. So they had the Bendis is coming and. Uh, and Tom King, of course, is, you know, obviously we just spent however long talking about Batman 50. <laughs> the guy, he sells books. He's a big name. Now, the argument is, as comic book stores, uh, we are the ones pushing and directly benefiting from Bendis' move to DC. And we're telling everyone, we're hanging posters, telling people about, did you know that Brian Bendis is coming from Marvel to DC? He's been at Marvel for 20 years or whatever, and now he's finally going to start writing stories for DC. Jump in and buy Action 1000. It's the first Superman story. Then you can pick up Man of Steel. And today, Superman number one came out. Sounds great. We are pushing Brian Bendis on people. And telling them why they need to read Brian Bendis's DC work. Not just, we're not just um, stocking Man of Steel on the shelf. We're hanging posters. We're telling people about it. We're pushing it. Well, all of a sudden, we spend all this time telling people why they need to read Brian Bendis's DC work. And now DC makes new Brian Bendis content that we can't sell to them. Right. Issue very, three of the Batman book. That is very, very Batman. publicly. I mean, it's it's been big news. You don't just have to. You know, it's it's not buried in the bottom of a, a CBR newsfeed. This is on IGN and things like that, where you have people that don't normally follow day to day comic news hearing about stuff like this. So what right. what it's supposed to do? And they said that there's going to be a comic shop finder. In, in each of the issues to direct people to buy the book at Walmart to your store. And that's not in every issue, as we found out. The reason that we as retailers are complaining... Now, or I should say the reason some retailers are complaining. I don't mean we. Oh, you complain all we're, you want. We're, well, we're going to complain a little bit. Um, is that we are doing all of this work to push Bendis on, on people and, and explain how important it is that he's writing for DC. And then tell them that if you want to read his Batman work, you either have to go somewhere else to buy it or you have to wait for an undefined edition. amount of time until we can maybe carry it in our store. And there are a lot of, again, there's plenty of arguments against, uh, or, or I should say counters to this argument. But the big thing is we, we can only offer you anecdotal evidence, but that's why you're listening to us anyways. We do not know a single person that bought anything from Walmart and came here 
in order in order to keep reading Batman or Superman. In fact, the WalMarts around us didn't even get any. What we did have were customers that are regulars that asked us if we could get it for them. We told them no, and then they went out and tracked it down at a Walmart. Well, then they couldn't find it at any of our local Walmarts, so they went online and paid $15 an issue to get it off of eBay. Explain to me how that is getting somebody new into our stores. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I, I don't understand... So if DC's play to get comics into a big box retailer is what their angle was, we already knew that that failed. They tried that at Barnes & Noble. And if you're going to find a captive audience of readers, you're far more likely to find that at Barnes & Noble than you are at Walmart, in mm-hmm. my opinion. <clears throat> Nobody really talks about the staggering selection of periodicals and, and paperbacks at Walmart. But well, Walmart's did not sell out of this book because 12-year-olds were were buying a no. comic for the first time. People were going in and buying all of them that were there, all five of them that were on eBay. Exactly. So that the, the guys and it was the people we... in the know, the customers of comic book stores that got them. Yeah. And the other, I guess, the bigger frustration I have is, you know what? Great, you want to reprint stuff? Do hundred page giants all day and every day, including Sundays at Walmart. I don't care. That's great. Reprint the stuff that's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. Hell, make. Put Detective 27 in every single copy of a Batman book you're going to sell. I don't care. But when you have, arguably, the two biggest writers in your stable, especially the new guy who everybody assumed was either going to be writing Justice League or a Batman title, who's now writing Superman, being Bendis, and you're going to put that content in a Walmart first, that's tough. And so the solution that we'd kind of kicked around and talked about was, you want to have your 100-page giant with your ten or 8 or 10 or 12-page story in it. Cool. Give us that 8 or 10 or 12-page story as well. Make it a buck ninety-nine. Heck, make it two ninety-nine. People will come to the store and buy it. Mm-hmm. Now you can actually have your comic store audience who wants that new content on the day it comes out. Oh, by the way, these are supposed to go out on Wednesday. Walmart doesn't, doesn't believe in street date. These were out on Sunday. Yeah, well, now, uh, on that note, Walmart... See, another issue that I think you'll find a lot of uh, comic and game stores have an issue with this is because Walmart constantly has the power to beat you on street dates. Mm-hmm. With the, the biggest example would be Pokemon, where if you are a game store, your one of your biggest specialty lines is going to be Pokemon. Right. You have very, very, very specific street dates that if you, according to your contract with the Pokemon company... That's literally the name of them. It's, we're not being general Pokemon here. Pokemon USA yeah. is their street name. Their legal name is Pokemon Company or something. Yeah. Or so the if, other way if you, if you, your contract with them in order to carry their product, if you break the street date, they can, they can call, they can, they can make, make it so you cannot order their product from a distributor. Right. You cannot carry their product anymore. Right. That's for us because we, we have no power. Now, Walmart will constantly get product ahead of time. Sure. And they do not respect street dates. So we had... And what, what what's someone who... Pokemon USA is going to say, well, Walmart, we're just not going to give you product anymore. And Walmart's no. going to say, fine. It's not keeping us afloat. Walmart's going to gonna You're going to lose how many thousands of stores? Right. Worth? Yeah. So we had one day, um, and this, this one really stood out to me, we had this product that came in that we couldn't sell for like two weeks. That's how early the product came in. We had it on our back ledge, and somebody came for in... For pre-sales. Yeah, and somebody came in, and 
they showed us that they just pulled some like $30 card that was from the new set. We're like, where'd you get that? And they're like, oh, Walmart. The Walmart over in Delafield has them. Like, they're selling them? They're like, oh, yeah. And uh, I said, well, there's a street date. And I pulled, it out. I pulled out the sheet, and sure enough, I looked on it. So I have this contact for this guy who handles our pre-releases at the Pokemon Company. So I called him. I spent, it, it took me like 45 minutes on the phone trying to get through, and I got through to this guy, and I said, I'm just calling to get some clarification on something. I said, there's a business that's like 15 miles away from us. It's a big box store. It's Walmart. And they are selling the new set that we have on our back ledge that we're respecting the street date on. I said, we have customers that were going to be coming in in two weeks to buy the product. They're just buying it at Walmart. I said, are we able to be competitive and put our product out now because our competitor is selling your product ahead of street right date. now. And like, no, I'm sorry, you can't put that out. They're not supposed to be doing it. We'll have somebody look into it. Well, saying we'll have somebody look into the Walmart selling, I mean, they yeah. know it. Yeah. So already we have, and they do it with Magic, they do it with a lot of different yep. different things that have street dates that we as a specialty store rely on. So we can't compete with that because to us it's a bigger long-term risk to break that street date and sell the product and lose our ability to carry this product to begin with. So when you have something like this where where they're getting new content, where we have posters up in the store talking yep. about, this is a new writer that you need to... This <laughs> yeah. writer is coming to DC. You should be so excited uh, and buy everything he does, except we can't sell it to you. It should say Bendis is coming to Walmart. And, and that's an, that I didn't come up with that. So or came up with that. Yeah. Or the other one I heard was Bendis came and he left. So I I think that we're not salty. See, and this is well, the biggest thing. Is yes and re, no. But retailers are getting blasted for people are going. Oh yeah, so Walmart's going to shut you down. Well, no, we're not saying Walmart's going to shut us down. But our argument and the reason that we are a little quizzical about this whole thing is how much how much are we knowing. Knowing that the market is not going from Walmart to us, but it's going from our customers to Walmart, not finding it and going to eBay. Right. What what the hell did they accomplish? Right. They didn't accomplish anything. And uh, but so, we and we drove those customers out of our store because we're the ones that pushed how excited they need to be about Brian Bendis coming to DC. We're the ones that pushed them to be excited about it right. so that when DC said Bendis is going to be doing this Batman story they said we got to go have it yeah and I guess the, the other problem I have is this was a, a pilot release in 3,000 stores and there were five copies of each of the titles in each store Mama didn't raise no fool that's 15,000 copies I guarantee you that the comic book market of people who are in the know and buying comics could easily eclipse 15,000 copies of an even a 299 12-page Bendis Batman story or King Superman story. And and I think that what what really does frustrate me about it is... Well, what is, is Tom King Batman sell on a regular basis? It, it, it's it close to 100,000. Yeah, it's been in the low 90s to upper uh, 90s and then dipped into the 100s come leading up to the Batrimony. Um, but what, what I guess I'm frustrated about is that this was a sold to us as a play to expand the audience. That's not happening because the audience that comes to stores to buy the book went to Walmart to get it. Your new customers, fleeting as they may have been, 
in all likelihood, it's probably less than 10% of the books were picked mm-hmm. up by a potential new customer. Not to mention, holding the Batman and the Super One, Superman ones in my hand, Batman, you go to the back and it has the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, like what you've, you're reading here. Discover more adventures each week at your local comic shop. Open up Superman. Next, the Terrifics have located Tom Strong's Beacon. There's no no comic shop locator, nothing in that. No kidding. No kidding. It, it, yeah, two of them had it, two of them didn't. And uh, Unbelievable. So, I mean, it's just, on all levels, it was it was mishandled, and it, it is frustrating. And, and James and I have talked about this numerous times, not on the recording, about how it, it sucks. Um, but it doesn't change the way we feel about the bulk of the people that we deal with at DC. They're good mm-hmm. people. They try and help us. They do everything they can. There's a level above them where right now we have no clue what's going on, and the idea of... Expanding your footprint is is great. It's wonderful. Make your 100-page giants. That's great. Just don't sell exclusive content after you've been putting a mega ad campaign out to get people in our stores that they can't get. Yep. You know, be able, let us satiate our customers, and you go out and get those new customers. If you're so confident that this Walmart angle is going to work, then put that out there with us on the same date. Then you're going to have the best chance at your people going to Walmart and finding it as opposed to it being taken and scalped by people who are in the know and aware. Yeah, I I mean I I can't really add anything. We I think we've hit we hit all the, this fired up about stuff. Well, no, but we've hit all the complaints that, that your average retailer has and and again there are so many people that have been that have been saying all oh, these retailers are just crybabies if they think Walmart's going to put them out of business. We're we know they're not going to put us out of business. We're not arguing that at all. Our our main argument is it just seems a little odd to us that we spent all of that effort pushing Bendis, and, and now we can't we can't deliver the product to the people right. that are excited about it. And those people can't go. We, I haven't been. I can't remember the last time I went to a Walmart, but you, you were buying. You went in there with your daughter, and you were buying a bunch of yeah, school had, supplies. I had or to get something for and you and you texted me party. from Walmart, and you just said there weren't yep. there aren't even any. Oh, you did you tell me they were out, or they didn't get any? They didn't get any. I talked to two of the managers that were in charge of stocking, and one of the I had a picture from one store that actually had the barcode, and the guy's like, "Oh, that's an eighty-two series or something like that. That's up in the collectibles, but we don't have that. We didn't get that. If it comes all like that, we don't have comics here." Huh. And, I, and I went up right by the collectibles and Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, no, no comics. Yeah. Then I went to another another one because it was just more curiosity killed the cat while I was out of town, so I just stopped in and they had the standee, but it was it was gone. So that's that. I mean, that's the issues that even if our local WalMarts did have the books, they probably wouldn't still be there. And so we're just we're sending. We could provide. We could have provided the product. We know our customers. We know the people that order Bendis, that order Tom King, and that read them. And we know the numbers that those books sell in. If we had been able to get that product out to our customers, they wouldn't have to go on eBay right. and spend 15 or $20 a piece to, to yeah. buy it from a scalper. To, and, and to get 12 pages. Now, right. yeah, people are going to gripe if it's two ninety nine for 12 pages, but they're going to buy it, and DC's going to profit a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Now, Walmart, now here's the reason that we're not going to be able to get what you had offered as a solution because you ha- yeah, it has you have to know that Walmart's, contracts. right, it's, they're going to have an exclusive in, the, in their contract that 
it's probably got to be published in totality before it's able to be collected and then offered in a direct market retailer. So we're probably not going to see it. I mean, they Palmiati issued a, a statement when it first broke and everybody was fired up. Uh, and we're, we're tame compared to a lot of the oh retailers. Gosh, here. Yeah. But Palmiati said it will be collected and offered to the direct market. No timetable was given. And when pressed, everyone said, we have no timetable to give you on this. Yeah. It could be two years. It could be we just before the, the recording, I regaled Eric with the full story. I mean, not even close, but some of the story of the whole legal issue of Miracle Man. I mean, it could be a Miracle Man type of a thing, too, where, you know, does it take him a year, two years to get this product to us? Um, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. We do not think that Walmart's going to put us out of business. No. We also don't think, contrary to what a lot of retailers said, we don't think that DC owes us something. We no. don't think that they owe us something, but we do think that... They could have handled it in a different way. If it's going... I would prefer to push... Bendis without a bait and switch, mm-hmm. and and that's what it feels like to us is a bait and switch, and it's just like what it what it does is all of this stuff combined is what do you think is going to happen the next time DC tells retailers we're offering a store variant opportunity for this big book that's going to be big? How many retailers are really going to bite? If we had eighty store retailers jump on to do a variant cover for Batman Fifty. And this is what happened. The next time DC says, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a big important book." You're not going to get eighty people doing it. No, you're not. I mean, they've and and if each person hypothetically had to get five thousand copies of a book, and there were eighty cop or eighty That's stores, that almost did it, a half million. They're losing a lot of sales from this. Yep. Now, next thing, when they tell us that they get uh, DC's landed Jonathan Hickman, tell your your readers about how excited uh, you should be about Jonathan Hickman. There are going to be retailers that are going to hedge their bets and go, well, well, we'll take pre-order numbers for everything, but we're not going to go crazy pushing Jonathan Hickman on everyone because when you guys sign that Target deal for Hickman to put out his Legion book to get new people into our store, yeah, you know, we're, we're not really going to play that game anymore. The bigger problem is not, or the, I should say the bigger picture is not how we personally feel about it. It's what we have seen. All of this stuff affecting other retailers to the point where they're like, we're not we're not going to support not DC in. in this particular endeavor anymore. Yep. We're not going to push DC's new uh, when they when they get some new exclusive artists or writer. We're, we're really not going to spend as much time and energy pushing this creator on our on our customers because we don't know if we're going to be able to get that customer all of their product. Um, we're not going to go believe what DC says in a solicitation about why we should go all in on this particular book or maybe do a store variant because we can't believe DC. There is a level of, of distrust now from a lot of retailers towards DC who six months ago were the, um, the comic stores publisher mm-hmm. you know if you were everybody loved dc dc's yep. got your back dc's in your corner yep and they really got rid of a lot of that goodwill in a very short amount of time and it's I, about three weeks i think yeah and it it was it's not again we we don't it's dislike not a personal DC, but yeah. we just 
we're less likely right now to jump on board whole hog into whatever they're telling us we should be enthusiastic about because we don't know where they're coming out with it. Yeah, it's kind of been a little bit of a bumpy relationship road the last couple of weeks with DC just as, as a publishing entity and a, and a retailer. Yeah. Should we go out on some high news? Yeah. Literally someone saying hi to us. So uh, we got a little email here from John from Virginia. Just wanted to let you know I really enjoy your podcast. I stumbled onto it uh, for commentary on back issue market and big picture opinions on the comic vendors. I stopped reading comics about six years ago due to high costs and frustration with having to buy multiple books per month just to keep up with a character or team. And then have the series interrupted by an event I didn't care about. I've been buying older books on occasion from eBay, but haven't been reading any blogs or websites. I really enjoy your approach to comics from a non-comic corporate viewpoint. And we're both great storytellers. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Maybe we should start a spinoff where it's just story after story. <laughs> That'll um, be the, the Tom one. And uh, this this is at you, Mr. James. Okay. Eric is not involved in this shenaniganery. I have not promised you anything that I've pulled back on. In a few episodes from the fall, you mentioned an upcoming grading podcast. I hope you <laughs> record it soon. Uh, oh, my gosh. No, I still have all the... If anything now, I'm gonna, we're going to be able to do an even better one. Yeah. So that we're back on the we're back on the horse now. I will um, I'll put it together. How about this? We will. I can't promise when it'll be uh, polished and released, but I mean, I'll do it in the next two weeks if you want to. If you think you, it's fine by me, you can make the time. I'll do it. I got the numbers just for John. I will make the time. We're going to do it because he is excited. John, we're going to get this to you. <laughs> well, but um, so that being said, you've got about a week to get us any because I'm giving you now, Eric, three, four days to get this out. Uh, you've so got about this a week. is this is uh, it's Wednesday the 11th. Yeah, we'll see how quickly I can get this out. So, John, you have a, about a, a week to get us or get me, I suppose, any particular questions that you might have about the grading subject and that goes for anyone uh, that's yeah, oh listening. yeah anybody else too if you have grading questions that i'll do it we're gonna we're gonna do it um i'll get the numbers together um if you if you have a question about the different companies if you have a question about turnaround times costs uh whatever it might be uh perception on on grades uh case quality i mean yeah you Please ask and uh, shipping and quality. We'll try to uh, we'll try to answer it. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to toss out? No, I got nothing else. Well, two I hours mean, we've and got, twenty well, minutes. No, that was a heck of a way. We've to got come a back. lot. I mean, you had initially <laughs> when we started. You're like, well, there's 19 things. I was like, we're gonna get through four of those. So just <laughs> I don't think save, I had 19. I think save I had the like content. Six. Well, it was it, the list was gonna keep going. I know it. <laughs> So it happens two two months away. I we know. didn't pot fade. We just got really really busy. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and I think well, but you have done. I have not, but you were on. You were on a uh, one with John Mayo or two with John Mayo. Uh, I think I was on one with John. I and was on a couple Drew with Kyle. Drew. Or Drew? Yep. No, no Kyle. I guess no that's Kyle. Why I, that's what. Yeah, I was Kyle. the uh, the uh, second rate fill in. Yeah. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as you Kyle. Were the, but... You were the less good looking Kyle, right? Yes, let's go with that. The less good-looking Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Which still makes me look better than Drew. 
I was going to say. <laughs> no, I don't think that that works either. But we'll, and we'll here, yeah. Well, let's let's end it with this. We've said this before. Um, but anybody that ever, if you're ever going to come up and you want to visit, like well, we say, come up because we're in Wisconsin. You know, so we're, we're north to, of seventy percent of the uh, yeah. continental United States. Uh, not to mention to us, if we're going to go, if we're going to do something for the weekend, what are you doing? Going up north. Yeah, that's right. just so. Anyway, <laughs> here we are in the northern part of the U.S. and we still go up north. That's where we go. We don't like it any hotter. <laughs> so if you ever want to, I, I so we, we just kind of uh, default to saying come up to visit. But if, if you're you going to make Halbunga a destination to visit the store, or you're just going to be in the area, you're going to be passing through. Uh, let us know ahead of time yep. because we ideally know, one of us would like to get a beer or pop with you, and yeah, the pop. Oh. Pop. If they're from down south, I don't know, cola, coke, soda, you name it, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we, I mean, here regionally, soda. regionally we just say soda. Yeah. So but it, you know, we also say bubbler, and I'm sure people heard that just went, "What's a bubbler?" Bubbler. Is they a, don't say. It. Look up the Kohler company bubbler, and that'll give you all you need to know. You know, the other thing in Wisconsin. Uh, that we say that I don't know anywhere else in this country or the planet that, where they say this, is if I were to, let's say that I was going to, uh, telling my wife, I was, I'm going to Eric's house. Anywhere else in the country, you're going to say, I am going to Eric's house. In Wisconsin, wherever you're going, it's not you're going to wherever you're going to, your destination. You're going over by. So I'm going over by... Going over by the Eric. Shop. I'm going over by Eric. Yeah. I'm going over well, by Eric at? Jake's. Who's at home? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're just going, going over by Eric. <laughs> I'm going over by Target. Yeah. To, get, to do some some shopping. I'm Not going. in Target, just by Target. Right. So it's over by. So generally, <laughs> if, if you ever hear somebody say that, uh, you can probably guess Upper what Midwest state they're from. Sure. Um, maybe UP. It, it might be it, UP. It may spread into a little bit of Minnesota because Minnesota has the bubbler too. I don't think Iowa. I don't think I wouldn't say over by. I wouldn't think so. And I know they don't say it in Illinois. No. I've never heard it. It's a whole other language down there. Anyway. Well, that's a tangent. <laughs> uh, so there yeah, you go. So we, we've had an planning episode. Now we just yeah. had an, uh, a, a local linguistics. But no, if you're ever going to be over by us, uh, just let us know ahead of time, and, and we, would love to, uh, we would love to talk. If you, if you do a pop-in... Like a surprise pop in. A, we might not be here. Yep. B, it may not be a great day, and and we would hate to have somebody travel all the way here. Yeah. Because they've listened to the podcast and are like, "Hey, thanks for coming in." For whatever reason, I can give you about thirty seconds. I would hate for that to happen. So just right. give us a heads up, and and we would love to talk to you. Give us a couple of days' notice, and we can usually arrange our schedules. At least one of us can be here. And... Yeah. yeah. Now Absolutely. I'm done. You sure? Yes. Positive. Yeah, well, my wife, I need to go home now, so. Well, I do too, but hey, our mail order customers are priority number one for me tonight, so I'll have their boxes ready to go tomorrow. You're a workhorse. Me. Technically, you got here before I did this morning, and you're going to leave after me. I filled, I, the, literally, I filled the meaty middle in. I, I literally came and dropped off three boxes that had to go out, and that was it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so again, thanks everybody for uh, for hanging with us while we were kind of away for a bit. Uh, make sure if there's anyone out there that you think might be interested in this, you know, point them to it and 
Yeah, sorry if we sound uh, tired. I don't know why that would be. Yeah. Well, anyways. But we're back at it. We're we back are. at it. We're, and we're happy to be here. So, um, for James and myself, we'll talk to you next time. On behalf of all of us, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cowcast. You can find us on all the main social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash Incredicow, on Twitter at Incredicow, or on Instagram at Cowabunga Comics. To send an email to us directly, send it to podcast at cowabungacomics.com, or to join in the discussion, you can hop on our new Cowabunga Comics forum at forums.cowabungacomics, that's cowabunga with a K, dot com. 